Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and a revolving co-host or co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not, however, what we will be doing tonight. Tonight, we will be discussing the winner of a recent social media horror fest tournament that we held on our Twitter and Instagram accounts. And the winner of that tournament was John Carpenter's Halloween. The 1978 horror classic withstood the field of 24 to be the winner. And I am going to now turn the mic over to the man who selected that to participate in the tournament. And his name is Grant C. Grant C, the winner yet again. Woo! <laughs> to end up. That's right. It's Grant Z, the, um, the guy who knows the public the best, I guess, on this show. Clearly. <laughs> um, so I'm actually shocked that they that beat Scream out, but that's... Uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, basically I, I chose this movie as my, my classic horror movie. It's the perfect embodiment of tension, of atmosphere. Just even the, the season of Halloween, I feel like it portrays it in such a great light. To me, it's just one of the best horror movies ever made. So also helping me talk about this movie is Chris, Chris G. Chris G, here I am. Uh, had a couple good picks I thought myself, but didn't, didn't quite get there. Uh, but just rewatched Halloween for the first time in a long time, and have a lot to say about it, so I'm excited. And Chris, this is your uh, this is your season two debut here. I think it's your first time on the uh, season two since the last time you heard, we heard from you was from the rankings episode, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. I guess so. Yeah, so it's right. Been a, yep. been a minute. So been a while. And then finally, who else do we have here? Hey, and it's Joey R. Um, poor showing in the tournament, but I still get to be here to talk about Halloween. So ultimately, I win. There you go. That's right. And it B- was uh, BP All Star status gets you gets exactly. Gets you. <laughs> yeah. you always got the you always got the ticket. In. It's a and cheat code. The runner up yet again this tournament was Jay Dowski. Jay selected Scream. It was a super tight vote. Uh, we go through the whole tournament and the results in uh, episode that aired last week. The BPC Horror Fest wrap up. We kind of discuss uh, the results there. And Jay is not with us. To discuss this tonight. He also picked Super Troopers, which had lost to Roadhouse in the Sub-50 tournament. Yep. We did that Roadhouse episode early in the month. You can check that out as well. But tonight, it's all about Halloween. And this is, as you said, uh, Grant, this is kind of the, the creme la creme of horror movies. It's uh, considered by many to be the best. Obviously, well, the people least I agree. think so, yeah. Yeah, the people who voted in this tournament certainly agree. Before we kind of get into that, why don't we talk about what we're sipping on this fine Halloween season? You know, it wouldn't be a Halloween episode if I wasn't drinking a pumpkin beer. So, uh, and actually keeping in the spirit of the podcast, I'm drinking Montauk pumpkin beer. Very nice. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. I am drinking not a pumpkin beer because I think those should be stabbed and brutally murdered <laughs> and should never, should, should die a horrible, fiery death. Uh, but what I'm drinking is a new Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. It has a, has a nice skull on it. It's very, right. very nice horror spooky. looking. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm going for. I agree with Chris in that pumpkin beers deserve no recognition, so I will not drink them. <laughs> I'm drinking the Brooklyn Bel Air Sour. You know, go go. Uh, sours are good anytime. 
Is, okay. it, is it because you're sour that all none of your picks made it past the first round? <laughs> it's a very emotional pick. I'm sour at the Midsommar shutout. <laughs> That's right. And I will bookend this, Greg, because I also have a pumpkin for the season. And it is the Great South Bay Splashing Pumpkin Ale. A South Shore of Long Island beer. We are here at the South Shore of Long Island recording this one. Yeah. And we are a town away from the... Amityville Horror House. That's yeah, right. Just right down the right down the road. Yeah, right down the right down the road. Not very far at all. Yeah, yeah. So we have a nice. Uh, it's a nice October night here. Foggy outside. Definite uh, great Halloween at- vibes. Great atmosphere. Yeah. We left all the doors unlocked just in case any intruder wants to come in. And, and just <laughs> we've made know. continuous poor choices about our safety. <laughs> yeah, I walked here all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, I'm just like looking around, seeing what I can grab as a weapon. So, <laughs> I see a lot of soup cans. There's a, there's a crock pot right next to me. I'm just going <laughs> to grab that and just hurl it at whoever comes to the door. Yeah, if you know, if there is a, an intruder outside, there's a good chance it's Artie B. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, supposed to be here tonight, could not make it. So, anyway, so uh, let's. Great, you, you picked. Halloween for this tournament as yeah. uh, as your as your horror movie classic. Yes. What's your first? Experience this movie. My first real experience with this movie was um, I was probably in high school or maybe just past high school actually. And um, my mom got a DVD player for my sister for her birthday, and my mom hates horror movies, so they got her a, a few like horror movie DVDs just like with the DVD player just as a joke. One of them was Halloween, and uh, I've never really watched it until then. And I put it on and I fell in love with it. And I thought it was tremendous, and it's something that I always try to watch every uh, every Halloween season. As far as I'm, I go, a couple uh, different memories of this movie, both very early on, you know, I'm talking 10, 11 years old. I used to watch a lot of horror movies with my, with my dad, uh, great memories of my dad and I renting, going to the video store and just going to the horror section and... Picking out the cool creep show was a big. We were big yeah, fans man. of creep show. Yeah. Creep show's great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street guy, so I used to pick those. Halloween was, of course, up there. Also, a lot of the kids in the neighborhood had, you know, had the videos, and we'd kind of trade off videos. Sure. You know, we did, yeah. did a lot of that. So Halloween was always in the mix of all all, all those experiences, and and it's one of those you just grew up on. You know. Yeah, for for me, I I was always watched horror movies like you, but um. The Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were definitely more prescient early on. And then I got in, then I saw the first Halloween early high school and I was like, oh, I need to now really focus on this and everything with that because of just how good that was. Yeah. It's a completely different feel from the other two movies. But you see where they come from with that. Yeah. So this one for me, it was a middle school one. Um, It was... I was in middle school when uh, when Scream came out. Yeah, I was, we were, I, was, we were I was getting my doctorate at the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you were on your second marriage. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so Scream was a craze. Like, and it was, you know, we're all at that age, we're all Scream crazy and, and watching it a million times. Yeah. So I think a friend's parents were like, well, you know, you got to watch the original horror movie that, that it's based on. It's Halloween, Halloween. We're like, all right, you know, and... And, you know, I think maybe because of, like, the 70s vibe to it or the fact that it wasn't so modern. And, you know, when you get, like, a large group of kids, get the larger the group of kids gets, the harder it is for them the harder to the focus. attention to a movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Sure. it was kind of like, all right, cool, we're watching Halloween, but there wasn't a whole lot of retention there. Right. 
and then uh, something I'd seen over the years quite a bit, scenes from it, and I'm sure watched it in college several times. But this winter during, you know, we're, we're in our lockdown, I gave it a, a true night. So I'm like, all right, you know, this is going to be lights off watching Halloween and really appreciated the viewing this time around. And, a, yeah. And then watch it again for this podcast too. So it's a, this is one that has really kind of just been around my life a lot. So yeah. it, it, it's yeah. kind of cool to talk it's, about it's, you bring up an interesting point about young kids and watching this movie because you compare it to the other slasher movies, which is it's like, well, like four people die in this movie. It's not yeah, really it's a, a slasher. It's a movie. suspenseful yeah, slasher movie, really and, and the deaths aren't not aren't, bloody. They're not. not no, I mean, there's not a lot of violence on screen. No, no really, really even the first murder. I mean, his you, he's looking at the knife as it's stabbing. He's not looking at her as yeah, she's being stabbed. Like a little bit covered in blood, but right? That's, but that's, that's after right. he's yeah. watching the knife. The obsession with the act more than yeah. the. And, and, I, I want. I wonder if you get like a bunch of like seventeen year olds together to watch this movie. Like I feel like they would just hate it now. It's it's paced. It has a seventies pacing right. to it yeah. too, which doesn't help its cause for a modern audience. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It is slow. I mean, the fact that you know they don't meet <laughs> meet until nineteen minutes left in the movie. Yeah. That you know it's it's pacing and it's it's building things. It's it's always say- moving, but it's just slower. I'll say this too is, you know, we talk about kind of Scream being the the grandchild of this movie. This movie obviously is heavily influenced by Hitchcock's Psycho. Of yeah. course. And, I mean, John Carpenter himself has said that yeah. this is, you know, his main influence for this was Hitchcock. He right. wanted to go for Hitchcock by this. I can tell you my first experience with Hitchcock's Psycho was my parents saying, all right, well, here's like an original horror movie. Like, this is a great movie. And me sitting there as a kid, probably in fifth or sixth grade, like, bored to tears. I don't even think I made it to the shower scene. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to sleep, like, just being, yeah. being bored by right. it. You know, eventually, you know, you, you work through it. I'm like, all right, this is, this is kind of cool. But I think that that there is something to be said about the subtleties of both of those movies and the appeal to certain audiences. Scream is, is a is an ADHD reaction to Halloween. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it gets right to it immediately. There's gore. Immediately, there, there's... Yeah, there's, right. It's just... It, it doesn't relent. Where, right, yeah. Whereas Halloween, as much as they have a kinship, the, Halloween definitely just lets you stew in it for right, a yeah. long oh, yeah. time. Oh, yeah. right. and, and, you know, Screen is craven, too, though. And I think right. Nightmare on Elm Street has a little more Absolutely. of yeah. an oh, upbeat sure. pace to it. Yeah. Where you're, you're that's, that's, gonna... that's also, I mean, what, 84 was the first one for Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street? That's... Mm-hmm. Six years. Yes, yeah. I mean, that's a lot. A lot can change. And a lot, lot did change. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because... Just... I mean, the first Friday the Thirteenth was basically they just were like, okay, well, let's make a Halloween movie for ourselves and let's try to cash in on this. Right. And then as more of the Friday the Thirteenth movies came on, they got more and more. Each one built on got, itself. The first yeah. one's more of a thriller than a right. horror but they movie. Got, they right? got they got more crazy, and then like the Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street took it and just and just ran with it. Nightmare on Elm Street gets the leads into Scream with the self awareness and. The more kind of fun, chaotic energy where the scream really kind of got the audience of 1998. Like it really yeah. knew who it was selling to. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And you can see the Craven similarities in in Scream and in Nightmare for sure. Hundred percent. That's the franchise that I'm most akin to is, is a Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. And, but and the first one, it's really for the time. It really is like hip and kind of like. It, it kind of is like screaming that way, where like you want to be like these, like oh wow, this is so cool, like yeah, it's giant they're like yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. They have great stars in it, and like it's it, it's fun. It, 
Freddie has a personality Big where personality. like that hadn't really been a thing right. before. So like it's very different. It's very different than Halloween where that you have that cold. Mm-hmm. Because Michael has empty. no there's yeah, no character no. with Michael. He's, it's, he's, it's, he's basically he's evil. He's basically it was like the Terminator before Terminator, basically. It was, he's yeah. just like he's just this just this like not even human, like and Loomis says it all the time. He's not like, a man. He's not a man. Like right. he's just this, this killing machine. He's just this evil entity that's yeah. just always moving. I mean, he's credited as the shape. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you that. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, in my research, I realized that, but I had never heard that. Me neither. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's what? Why the shape? Like, you uh, know? because he's not a man. Okay, so the shape they, is... they see they, they see the kid like Tommy Doyle sees him as a silhouette in the background. He's just like this. He's just like this. This being with a kitchen knife. Right. Because when people see him the first times, he's not moving. He's just standing still. Like when Laurie sees him outside the car, he's just standing still. When Tommy sees him, yeah. he's just standing they still. They don't refer yeah. to him so like The that. shape is, is a reference to the Salem witch times. They would uh, – a shape was always was – oh, really? Yeah, was was referred to as the, uh, the unseen force that's looming around – uh, oh, that's around it, that the witches are driving like whatever so, entity that yeah is. the entity that they're conjuring was no this kidding. shape so oh wow uh, interesting. Uh, okay. interesting yeah so that's what they got to and so in the script the screenplay he's referred he's to as the shape that's okay. so cool so it's not yeah. in the movie it's just no no they never just... reference in the movie yes right. in the screenplay I was watching documentaries and reading them I'm like they keep re- referring to the shape and I'm like well, I'd never heard that term before yeah, so no, now that makes it. sense okay because I'd seen the movie hundreds of times and I never actually did research. Well, yeah, I mean, I everyone calls him Michael Myers. Right. Like every fan. Or exactly. Every, you know, everyone outside of the movie calls him such. Right. Okay. And that's. So, are we ready to go here? Yeah. Ready to yeah, hop right in. It. Okay. So ready. All right. So, the year is 1978. The WWE heavyweight champion is the great Bob Backlund. Oh, it's man. amongst his 2,135 day reign. And during that reign, the title was renamed the WWF title. Its previous name, the WWWF title. So they dropped the W. Thank of God. course, as we know today. What was that W stood? I think territory was merging. Yeah. So the WWWF was like where the the. It's like the north, like the north the took north over the northeast. Yeah. 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 The world, worldwide. I think it was <laughs> wide. World. Wrestling was really regional world. back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. it was super, super regional. That's how there they was no national good. like right. wrestling federation. Yeah, so, so then they all merged, and it just became right. The so WWF. Andre the Giant just traveled around did the same thing everywhere. Right. I knew, and, and he had then, a different name in a bunch of the places. It wasn't always yeah. Andre the Giant, and there was different feuds everywhere, and that's how they kept things fresh, and then. When they, as they merged, they had to change the name. I just remember, I just remember Bob. I just remember Bob Backlund's uh, resurgence in like the Attitude Era. Oh yeah, I'm like oh, this yeah. guy fucking the sucks. Old 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I think he ran for president. Yeah. Just that uh, red jacket. Yeah. Of course, the title is now known as the WWE title. So the Stanley Cup champions that year were the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, Chris. baby. Yes, Chris is Montreal Canadiens. Very upset that we beat up on them last week when they lost the Stanley Cup. That's right to the Calgary Flames. This. Year 1978, they are the winners, four games to two against the Boston Bruins rivals. Absolutely, the, the and that was that was the third of four in a row. Third of four in a row. Also, they win the the, the, the they next win, win the year of my birth. Well, wow. cool. And uh, the MVP was Larry Robinson that year. Uh, other notable world leaders outside of the United States, uh, England's Prime Minister was James Callahan. Canada's Prime Minister was Pierre Trudeau. However, Canada was still under the sovereignty of Elizabeth II and Great Britain at that time. 
or England at that time. I think it gets its independence in 82. Yeah. So, Still on the money, though. The uh, leader of France was, and this, this always gives me nightmares saying these French names, but I know it's everyone else's favorite part of these things. <laughs> Valérie Giscard d'Estaing. <laughs> we respect the effort because you easily could get around not doing it, being that you make the list. Kieran. Yeah, I know. Well, I got it. It's about what the people do. Kieran, what? You're what the French call les compétents. <laughs> <laughs> you said that beautifully. Beautifully. Uh, I like saying the Italian names much better, so the Italy president was Giovanni Leone. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you the, sound like a glorious bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Margarete. One more time. Gorlami. Gorlami. Grazie. And the country music song of the year is Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue by Crystal Gale. Grant, any guesses on what Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue is I don't about? think you want to know what my guess is. <laughs> Chris? Uh, you know, I think you don't want to make somebody sad. Right. I don't know. don't make me cry. Don't make me cry. Yeah, the girls... The I'm going to go with uh, the, non, the non-explicit. Yeah. <laughs> Grant's filthy mind. The girls, man, found someone new. Don't Make My Brown Eyes Blue. Yeah. Those are direct there lyrics. Uh, now, it's kind of egregious. I'll go on a brief country rant that no one wants to hear. <laughs> The two of the songs to beat are absolute country classics. Mama, don't let your your babies grow up to be cowboys. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, you can take this job and shove it. Oh, come on. Classic yeah, songs. How, how do they not win country songs? They just don't make my brown eyes blue. I guess they just wanted, you know. They just wanted that name to live in Yeah, forever. 50 years later, they wanted uh, Grant to have a good one-liner. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween came out in 1978. It's directed by John Carpenter. Also written by... John Carpenter and co-written by his wife Deborah Hill. Mm-hmm. Music is also by John Carpenter, the great score. Uh, cinematography is from uh, BPC legend Dean Cundy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. And it stars Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Moran as Michael Myers, PJ Souls, Nancy Loomis, Charlie Cyphers, and Playboy pinup Sandy Johnson. There were no Oscars or major award nominations for Halloween. We'll get to that later as to why I think that a little egregious today. Uh, it really didn't get any really major awards. Was there independent spirit awards? But I mean, this is an independent movie at the time, right? Did yeah. it get any love through that? Because the independent spirit awards now do a good job of hitting these up, but so I don't know the, when that started. The only award that it really got that I could hone in on that was really relevant enough was the L.A. Film Critic Award. They have a new generation award, so I guess it's okay. kind of like the equivalent of the new yeah, artist. Back, they didn't have like I don't think Sundance and any of that stuff was around. I don't know. Sundance was so. yeah, that's, that's a Robert Redford like, thing, right? Yeah. yeah, because I mean, this movie—I mean, it's three hundred thousand dollar budget, forty-seven million. It was like the highest-grossing independent movie, I think, until Blair until Blair Witch. Yeah. yeah, and even like adjusted for what it was, it's still yeah. it's still like top five, I think. Probably, it's yeah. unbelievable what it did. It it was inducted into the National Film Registry in two thousand six, and this is another. Bizarre one here. Uh, it lost the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Awards for Best Horror Film. To who? Now that's yeah, like to me that's like that's like Apocalypse Now losing Best War Movie of the Year. <laughs> so it, so Wait, it lost, yeah, it lost to the Wicker Man. Oh, I love that uh, movie. Wicker Man's really good. I hear it's great. I, I've only seen the Nicolas Cage one. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Not the bees! Grant. Not the bees! Oh. Oh. I, I, 
I am disappointed in you. Come on, Nicholas Cage dressed as a bear punching a woman in the face is one of the best. I things actually enjoyed that remake, but you have the, the I, original. The original is right up your alley. Yeah, I've yeah, heard. I've heard great. It's fantastic. Halloween's better. Wicker, the original Wicker Man. Does. Like <laughs> The Shining, it was not received. The original Wicker Man was not received well. Like mm-hmm. it's aged well, but right. it was not received well. So okay. The remake was not received well either. And it should still not be. Yeah, well, yeah. Because the remake is not good. Right. <laughs> the remake is when you know. It just goes off the rails. Yeah. As you guys mentioned, Halloween had a budget of $325,000. It grossed over $47 million worldwide. Many consider it to be the most successful indie film of all time. First reactions here, gentlemen. Well, I mean, right off the gate, you get John Carpenter's great score, his great opening theme with just the pumpkin there and just... It's awesome. Very simple, but super effective. I think, and just setting the tone of the movie. It just cuts to this... It's not quite one take. There are cheats here and there where... It feels like it It feels like one take. It's presented as one take. Right. Like they filmed like... It's a three couple, takes. They, they, cut the, they, filmed a, they filmed this like a couple of times, and they just stitched in the best parts of each one. Yeah. Because they didn't have Steadicam. They just used like the, pan, you know, the panorama version of it. You just see this POV shot of this... Of somebody... Killing a killing a girl, like picking up a hot, okay. picking up a, a mask and you know, sneaking up and killing this girl. You find out it's a it's an eight year old kid. It's just that awareness. She says Michael, but that means yeah, nothing at the Mike, time yeah. until the mask right. comes off later. And so they take a so he sees you know two older people. They say Michael and they rip off the and mask. it just freezes, which I love. And it's just it's just this kid just staring right down the barrel of the camera, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Can we just talk about one thing real quick? So leading up to that, he's watching them go upstairs to presumably have sex. Yes. And then the male come down like 30 seconds later, super well, proud of himself. They're in high school. Hey, guys, I'm just saying, he's super proud of himself. You have to assume there's a time lapse there that it's not just yeah, 30 I mean, seconds after. Like, yeah, I mean, they, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to argue with that, but maybe he's just a, a two-pump chump. IMDb, IMDb trivia has that down as one minute and six seconds, by the way. And that's like, and that's just not even the act. That's like, that's one minute more than I usually go anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And this is like, it's not just like the act too. It's like the preparation of the act and everything. Oh Lord. Uh, so when so, I so, so yeah, it did not last very long. But uh, the as, visual of him in the costume with that gigantic knife and everything frozen as they pull away is just fantastic. Yeah. So when I sat down and watched it this winter, the the intro to this movie just blew me away. Just yeah. blew, mm-hmm. the pumpkin, the music, the 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 bold credits, the POV killer view with the with the slits yeah. in the eyes. Just loved every second of this intro. And then in watching it this week, the first five minutes of this movie, or however long it takes, is my favorite part of this movie. To be intro okay. of this movie, I just, I can watch it over and over again. It's so cool. It's so, to me, so well done. It really sets smart. everything up so well. There's, yeah, it does. So I have a couple of gripes, and I'm going to have more to come, Grant. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't, 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 you're, don't get mad at me. You're alive. But, uh, you're alive. And throughout the whole movie, I loved the steady cam where you, you've, you, it's not always that you're seeing through the eyes of Michael Myers. Sometimes you're not, right. but they you still almost feel like you're almost like you're a, a, an accomplice mm-hmm. through the whole cool. movie. You're stalking the you're stalking the characters like he like right next to him a lot of sure. times, which I love. And I love the whole scene where he's outside of the house. My gripe is mainly when he comes out of the house and his parents are there and he rips that they rip off the mask. Not a great casting. The kid is is. Not very, first of all, not a creepy looking kid. 
And it, he looks kind of sorry. He looks kind of has a facial uh, expression. I, okay, go. Um, I think it's perfect that he's not creepy looking. I think the I think this whole thing hinges. I think what makes this movie so scary to me is that this is a normal family right. and a normal looking kid that's not like like it's not like fucked up. And I don't think it was so much a remorseful look. I think it was just a vacant look. See, it didn't look vacant to me. Okay. I think that's that's where my issue is. I get what you're saying with him looking normal. Fine. Fair yeah. enough. But he did see... I don't know. The facial expression didn't work for me. Okay. And and also, the parents just saw their child come out of the house with a, a giant bloody knife. One of them might want to run up the stairs and see what's going on. Just a thought. Uh, they kind of just stare, right. they stare at him like, oh, this is an interesting... Right. They're, sta- they're, sta- they're, I just sta- think they're, they're establishing the shot at that point. Right. That's it's just... just a, you know, it's, it's a little too long. Like, I it's think... Just, see, for, for me, it's about being frozen in the moment. That's why I like it that they're kind of frozen. They're like, this moment now, this is like kind of where everything changes and, for them. But, okay, they pan out. Pan out a little faster because it, it seems like it just... They sit there for a long period of time just staring at him. It just... It kind I, of took me out of it a little bit. I will say, Chris, I do agree with you on the kid's expression. I like the casting of the kid, and I think they probably cast him based on how they want him to look. Okay. I don't think they got that. It, he kind of looked a little like it was like posed for picture. Like, look at the yeah. ducky, look at the ducky. Right. You know, like it, it was I, – I, I needed a little more of a okay. blank stare. Because I, granted, I, look, I love what you're saying. Like, I know what they were going that's for. The scary, that's the scary part about it being normal. He could have. He could have looked. He was in between upset and blank, and I, and that's where I kind of was at right. that too. Okay. But I mean, it is at the end of an intro that I, I absolutely love. So yeah. I, I can I can let it pass because right. the whole thing was so effective that that little moment didn't really uh, take listen, me out. Listen, I might I very well might be nitpicking. It just it took, it took me out of it. It just it didn't have the blankness that I was looking for. Do, okay. do you think it's because through the rest of the movie they set up so heavily that it's black? You know, he said, tells it the blackness of the eyes, the evil behind the eyes, and all that. Absolutely. Where, you know, how can you kind of pull off what Doctor Loomis is really putting out the entire time? Right. Where I think I actually didn't have an issue with the expression because I think it was sort of like nothingness. Like it was just another it, thing. It looked, he it looked did. like it looked like he was. In, it looked like he was in shock. It was just a thing he yeah. did. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal for him. I would have like, even uh, liked maybe a little grin. Or something. Uh, that, that, I feel like that. I would think be that would have been yeah, heavy-handed. Or something. Side of it, do you want him to look like, uh, you know, do you no. want him to look like Chucky at the end? Right. I just wanted to be. You know, like it's like it was just a part of him. It wasn't a thing that, oh, like when we go back to Science of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter's um, pulse never raised. Right. Like it was the same thing for this kid. He didn't feel. He didn't get that adrenaline rush from doing that, this. This was a thing he did. And that actually pays off later in the movie because his breathing never changed. Exactly. And yeah. it's consistent. So I think that's why it works so much. And I just think the Dr. Loomis selling the eyes so much makes it on that second watch around harder to catch. Yeah. I, 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 you guys are all making good points. It just, it just no, whatever that, he did that's, didn't that's, work for me. That's that's, sure, and that's, that's yeah. fine. That's, and I'd say to me it wasn't bad, but it... Could, could have been, been better. better. Yeah. Certainly could have been worse. And it's so sure. easily could have been worse. And yeah. honestly, the other two kids in this movie are so far worse as humans <laughs> that I think I that kid should get an Oscar. I actually, I actually don't mind. I actually don't mind them either. <laughs> I think the teenagers are worse than the kids. I would I'm agree. Well, we're gonna go. I don't have an issue with Tommy, the the, the girl Lindsay. I don't mind Lindsay or Tommy. I think they did a good job. But we'll, I guess we'll get there. One of the coolest visuals of this movie is just these random. Patience in, in the, the rain, rain and yes. just like they're wearing the gowns. That's so like, cool. you and know, you don't see where it ends. It's just like you don't know what the hell is going nope. on out there. And it's so, in the unknown makes it so scary. Oh, it's, it's so cool. So, it's so like that's something that's just striking. They're like cattle, yeah, almost. It's striking. 
And the nurse is like, I didn't know they let them out at night. You're watching. And it's just like, clearly this isn't allowed. Yeah. But she's trying to normalize this kind of insanity. And Cattle. Very, that's, a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah I love that. And that's very, actually my favorite quote of the movie when Loomis, he, he, you know, he yells. He's like, he's gone. He's gone from here. The evil's gone. The evil's gone. The evil's gone. I want to talk about Donald Pleasance here. I don't, and I don't want to wait oh, any longer. One, uh, an honorable mention quote I have for him is... Uh, is when Donald Pleasance keeps on talking about Michael and saying, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. and the, oh, yeah. the nurse says, don't you think it would be better if you referred to it as him? And Luma says, if you say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pleasance yeah. is just awesome in this. He's, he is the vet that they brought in for the middle of the order he, he to is, try to propel the offense he's here. He's the Obi-Wan Kenobi of this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And he's he very took needed. this role, like, very seriously. And he, he initially really only took it for the money. Yeah, and he said, "Is you know he had alimony payments, so I got to take this." And he got paid. <laughs> he got paid uh, twenty five thousand dollars for five days. Yeah, Jeez. and so that's a quick shoot. Five days. Yeah, and I think he's he, in the movie for like eighteen minutes or okay. something for such a big role. Is yeah. even that much? Wow. But it, apparently, he kept going up to John Carpenter and like annoying him about his character. Like, oh, I don't look like this. And John was like, I, I can't. Do what you gotta do, man. I don't know. <laughs> we just needed a name in this thing, yeah. and he took it super seriously. And I, I think he knocks it out of the ballpark. He's, because yeah. there's so much, there's so much punch to his character. It's, it's, he's just real crisp deliveries, and and he, he, you really, he sells the past that they save the time to not show right. you to keep yeah. us in ninety. He, he fills Mike, us in on fifteen years. Mike, Michael Myers wouldn't work if Donald Pleasant's performance was flat. Yeah, Michael Myers mm-hmm. just wouldn't work. Real good, and I think this was kind of a role that they knew that this was the spot where you're going to name. There's like a whole long list of people that they considered for who you never know if that's actually true or not. Sure. You know, what do they really think Peter O'Toole was going to do this or not? Uh, right, 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 right. But I think Chris uh, Christopher Lee actually confirmed that he passed on it. Yes, yeah, Chris Lee. Biggest regret it. of his career, yeah. right? Lord of the Rings and a yeah. bunch of stuff. They, well, there's no way he could drive. Well, he, he did up. You must have been. He did a good job. Well, that's my issue with this seat. That, <laughs> well, also, okay, you're hitting my seat. Yeah, that's 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 the. That's, so I did a bunch of research yeah, on it. Gone on to explain it. Yeah, I still have questions. But why don't you? What, so, so why don't you take the? Take so this right like I figured we would all have the same issue with it. It's not yeah. a creative concern as I watch it. But so I had to figure out what the hell it was. So they did then a novelization of this movie. And what they explained was as Dr. Loomis was taking him back and forth to court all the time, he would look over his shoulder and watch him drive, and that's how he learned how to drive. I watched my mom drive my entire fucking life, and I had no idea how to drive when I started. Like, yeah. like you were six when you went into the asylum. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I guess that, you know, their point is, and again, he doesn't talk, so all he really does is watch, and... and he looks through you, the wall. Yeah, you know, he's tall enough where he can see... He can see what's going on in the front seat from the back, if he's in the back... But my thing is, is like, how are you going to know what's going on with the pedals right. to, to oh, make it work? And, and he's, he's tailing people. And he's also, parking. Like, he's not just driving where it's just reckless up. And he's tailing people through town. It's a, it's a huge, it's a definitely, a, it's the biggest plot hole of the movie. Right. Okay, also, yeah. how often are they taking road trips? He's a, <laughs> he's a psychopath <laughs> in an insane asylum. What, are they taking strolls during the day? Well, like, they said to him from court. Yeah, they said court? Get the hell out of here. He's a child. They have to take him to court. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, was, that, that, was, that was 15 years ago. No, I mean, but, they, but they keep they keep on doing they keep on to see doing if he can get out. And, that, and that's what Luma says. He says seven like, years, I tr- seven years, I, yeah. no, eight years. I tried to get him out. Seven years, I did everything I can to make sure he never gets out. Yeah. It's it's a rough. That's a rough. Uh, it is. Thing. It is rough take. Yeah. yeah. I just noticed now, Grant, you have a, a, a Camp Crystal Lake yeah. counselor shirt on. Very nice. Yeah, I think what it would have been better is if maybe he had taken the nurse or whoever was driving. 
a hostage made her drive. That maybe that would have explained. You could have, could have done that easily, taking it away and, and taking her away, and then murdered her somewhere else. You know? Yeah, yeah. I still think he's that nuanced of a killer. Well, he goes and breaks into the to the shop and steals the mechanic's outfit. Also, my gripe is when Doctor Loomis is driving towards the town, mm. stops at the stop uh, rest stop or wherever they are to use the phone, finds the mechanic's truck, doesn't see. Doesn't see the body, steals his, his uh, jumpsuit and whatever else. How? What, what are the odds that Dr. Loomis stopped at the same exact place? Probably because I was the only one on the way to town. Oh, uh, you knew you had an answer waiting for me. Well, I, I just I just thought of, I just thought of it now. That's yeah. the one that makes the most logical. sense. Grant was waiting on the side of the road for me uh, to stop. He knew I was going to stop. It, just, it, just, it makes it makes the most logical, yeah. logical sense. Middle of from, nowhere, Illinois. I think that they they really did a, a good job of selling how well he knows Michael and how he was with him through his childhood and. And he probably, in a smaller town, or he's going to go along the road, like Grant said, there might be limited spots where he would check yeah, out. Where it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, okay, right. How, okay, the kid hasn't spoken in 15 years. How do you know somebody so well if they haven't spoken to you ever? Well, I mean, you know, we have to assume he's... Studied his behavior. He's, he's his doctor or whatever I'll, he's doing here with this. I think we should let Joey handle this one. I mean, mute, but it's going to be all behavior and just spending time with the person. And there's going to be some, because he talks about how he looked at, would stare at a wall for hours, but look through the wall, right? Right. So it's all behavior. And what does he do? And how does he react to others? So that leads you to, he's going to go right back to where he's from. And because that's all he knows, right? right. So that's like Fair the enough. origin. That's, that's where everything came from. So that's where he's going to go. And that's why then the first, you know, he goes to the house and to the cemetery. Yeah, he's following breadcrumbs. Right, it makes sense. Like, yes, you know. Yeah, I know he doesn't know for sure he's gonna. But what would you know if you from when you were six years old? It would be your house, and you're trying to find your family. Yeah, your neighborhood. Right, the only thing you know. Right. He's a hell of a navigator for sure. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's (laughs) another thing. Yeah, how does he even know how to get there? Well, fair enough. Without GPS, yeah, we'll 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 suspend disbelief on that. I want to talk about the score because the score is fucking amazing. Where it shines, yeah, uh, unreal. Unreal, and John Carpenter does it himself. Movie's not the same without it. Movie doesn't work without it. It doesn't. And it's no. never not perfect. Like, yeah. it always hits the right time. It's yeah. crazy. And yeah. obviously the piano intro in the beginning is what is what is what people know it for. Oh, sure. But those little moments of just Jamie Lee Curtis walking on along, just love it, and it cuts in and cuts out. Yeah, great stuff. Those. Was was highly influenced by The Exorcist. He wanted something like that. I mean, if you listen to The Exorcist and this, it's extremely similar. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. there, there it was are, more similar than I remembered it being. Yeah, there are, there are times where he would, he would just record it live as they were like just playing the movie, and that's why some of it seems like repetitive. Mm-hmm. You know, and just he would just record it, just start playing it, like along to the movie, and just lay that down. Like that's how that's how some of it was done. Grant, do you think there was a a Jaws influence there because it, Spielberg uses music to to uh, alert you of the shark, and, he, and Carpenter does the same thing. In this there's movie. there's definitely stings, you know, that kind of let you know that that he's well. It's funny because it's selective when they use music and when they don't. Because there are plenty of times you see him in the background and they don't play anything. Yeah. Right. So it's I like I like how selective they are with. When to alert the audience, when to not alert the audience. Right. What that does is it puts you in the position of either Michael Myers or the victim. Right. And depending on how they want you to feel, that's where the music's played. Right. And it, honestly, it's probably 
manipulation of the brain, right? Because what do oh, horror sure. movies do? They bring us to fight or flight. If the oh, music's yeah. not coming, it's going to keep us more calm. Yeah. So we don't get there. So it builds into it builds it's into like when we react. Yeah. Right. Which I, is so I think cool. the, the parallel between between Jaws and Halloween is is actually pretty good because neither one of those movies. Uh, we're not talking about either one of those movies without the scores. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Now, I, uh, we're going to step into nerdy music section here for a second. The song is in a very rare timing, 5-4 five, yeah, five, time. Which is not what does big. that mean? Okay, so Because I read that, I didn't yeah, so Is it syncopated? It's, it's, so essentially what 5-4 timing is, is they, they fit five beats into a measure. A measure, a standard measure is four, four. notes. Okay. So they go five within the four. Um, so it, it's a one, two, one, two, three. It's one, that two, one, two, three. Now they get that extra note. That's, how it, that's why it pops like that? It's okay. not a common thing. Because I was well, reading another, about it and I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> another very famous theme song that is also in 5-4 timing is the Mission Impossible theme. Yes. Also in 5-4 timing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And another uh, song, I don't, famous song, a great rock song from uh, a legendary rock band, Radiohead. The first track of... In Rainbows, 15 Steps. I love that song. That cool song. It's the first track. Radiohead plays with that stuff big time. Tempo and syncopation and all that stuff. And non-Radiohead fans will know that as the song in the closing track of the Twilight movies probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think that Twilight fans and Radiohead fans are separate. (laughs) (laughs) That that Venn diagram is... There's not a lot of overlap in that middle. I actually think Twilight spawned a lot of Radiohead fans. I, I know maybe a couple is that from it just from it being in just there? from it being yeah, in cool. there yeah. yeah I mean they got that great iron and wine song in there too and the music's so good it, it's gonna bring people Paramore in Paramore it's well. the best part of the movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. The oh, the oh my god let's not elaborate on Twilight I was gonna say a story but I'm gonna pull back <laughs> yeah and uh, you know what? in the intro here and I was discussing we talked about getting no Oscars this is when I, you guys kind of there was a little mild groan in the room but how do they miss on score here I mean is it I guess because it it's an indie enough? film was I know there, there there is a there is a limit for length. There's ninety minute movies. No, but right? I'm not talking about the length of the movie. I'm talking about the length of the recordings. Length of like the, the different the songs in. Uh, if it, I, I, I feel like I, I, I've heard I've heard it has to hit like thirty something minutes to qualify. I don't know. You know if there's enough I, score in the movie. I well, it's just repetitive, right? So use the same so, songs. So if it's like. I don't know, but I, I, I'm just I'm just spitballing here. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I would just think, as Chris, you referenced Jaws. I would, th- and this is three years after Jaws. Yeah, I would think that they would, they wouldn't miss on this. Like they'd at least, and I, I, I get be. it's a slasher movie. They're not gonna. It's not the type of movie that the Academy's going but to. But it's reward. just iconic. It's, 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 it's to me, it's one of the bigger. If, misses if it's gonna be category. nominated for anything, it's gonna be nominated for the score. Right. The only thing I can think of is like what I brought up before that he kind of, I mean, openly took liberties with the exorcist theme. That's what he took from. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were like, because I mean, that's as iconic as it gets as sure. well. Yeah. So maybe they just were like, it's too similar and they didn't want to acknowledge it. I, it that's wrong. They should have. Yeah. But, so uh, there may be Oscar screaming, screaming at home saying, oh, it doesn't qualify, it doesn't qualify. I don't know that it doesn't qualify. To me, it seems like how do you miss on this? It's, like right, it, it's, it's right, just right up there with the top. The get best. a nominee. Yeah, no, I, I, might, I, might, I might have been wrong. It's right that. up there with know. the best of all time. Yep. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's right up there with any John Williams score yeah. or anything. It's absolutely a And it's yeah. it being so close to... If it came out before Jaws, I could see them missing on it or sleeping on it. But to me, you're right there. Like, come he, on, give it some. He filmed the movie, edited the movie, showed somebody, and it, it, it tested so poorly... That the music he he says the music saved yeah. the movie. It was it was basically 
the movie was garbage until the, that music. Just, he needed the music. Yeah, similar to what we. I mean, we again, with Jaws. Yeah, Jaws yeah. is the same way. Yeah. It would've, that, would've, that movie would have been a disaster without the, the score. So, where this movie really kicks into gear plot wise, Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, she has to drop off uh, keys at the old Myers residence because of her father being a uh, realtor, I guess, which propels everything into action. She, uh, she drops off the keys. And who's behind the door but Michael Myers? And then he just gets and, the sense. And then it. he just, that is who he's hunting. Yeah, so and I it, just, is that, it is that simple. So, and I think that we need to specify here because the fact that he is, or the established fact that he's her brother is something unique to the later movies. That it's comes in the second start, start one. number two. Okay, yes. so they yeah. write that in after yes, the fact. Yes, so as this movie was created, that, and I think a little later on when, when we you know, get to the conclusion of the movie, we're going to kind of debate as to whether it, you should view it with them as siblings or not. Yeah. But essentially, Grant, what you're looking at here is is that she, really he just sees her and then he's on he's on the sense from there. It's just it's just bad luck. Right. Yeah. It's we're, just, it's, we're looking at it as a standalone. Right. The yeah, way yeah. John Carpenter wrote it, yeah. they are not sisters. Brothers. And They're sisters. not, yeah. Siblings. Just siblings. Sorry. <laughs> They're not siblings. <laughs> they are technically not sisters either. Um, so, yeah. So I feel like it's just one of those things where it was like based. It might have been like the first teenage girl he's seen since his sister. Yeah, yeah. And, the opportunity yeah. knocked, and it's just and it's, <laughs> knocked. Yeah, like it's literally, literally yeah, bad luck. Yeah. yeah. Well, they 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 kind of touch on that when she's in school too, and she talks about. Yep. They talk about fate in her classroom yep. in the class. That philosophy and conversation. It's, just like it's, yep. it's kind of, right. It's natural. It's like it's like the you know it's like one of the elements of the earth right. is yeah. fate, and it's just kind of how this sure. just a stroke of luck, and now she's involved. A one lazy dad. It yeah. almost cost yeah. her life. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's really right. what it is. It cost her and friends' lives. And yeah. you know, Literally, should just... we uh, should we update the house before we put it on the market? Just saying. I mean, yeah. if you've been on the market for fifteen years. You got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I would say uh, maybe right. a remodel would yeah. be in order. I mean, I HGTV, well, maybe the property a... brothers got to. There get wasn't in a there. lot of curb appeal in the, yeah. for the the Myers it's a nice house. house too. The house they found that was an actual dilapidated house that they yeah. that they yeah. Yeah. It was actually real dilapidated house. Yeah, it was perfect. And then, but the tricky part is. Is that now that they've already filmed like the pre the house, but now they need to film the opening scene where the house Make, is nice. So they had to renovate the house. Uh, so oh, the whole the cast for the, the crew. The beginning. For the beginning of the, the cast and the crew. And yeah, they renovated the house. They, ah! they, they did like extreme <laughs> home makeover with Ty Pennington and they got the whole house. Like, like, Jamie, like Jamie Lee Curtis is hanging up wallpaper. Like it's, yeah, like it was just crazy. It's a fixer upper episode. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, great. Keeping Joanna awesome. just demoing the shit out yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. But it's just, you know, a seemingly unimportant decision of making sure. your daughter drop something off up because she's passing that way, you're going the opposite way. Which is... And just the chain of events. That's exactly how life goes, man. Right. One wrong move and, you yeah. know... But I think that's what makes Michael Myers such a scary character, what makes this movie so good. It's not some convoluted so kind of exposition. It's yeah. just, he's, he's not a victim of trauma. He's not anything. He is... This is what he is. He's not motivated by anything. He was just born rotten. Right. Yeah. And the first person he sees coming to his house, all right, that's who, that's my next well, target. I don't know if he's not a victim of, maybe not trauma is not the right word, but I think one of the tropes, and I do want to go into some tropes uh, that this movie created, took from and or created. Sure. I'm sure you have a lot, Alice. But one of them is the absentee parent. And, and, and sure. 
you know, through this entire movie, that's a big, that's a big thing. Like, it's huge. Well, not, yeah. not only is are his parents absentee, the sister's kind of in charge, not paying attention to him either. Right. He's being neglected, basically. I mean, I think if there's a motivation for Michael Myers, it's neglect, right? It seems, they don't go into it in detail, but I mean, that kind of seems like the theme the baby all later on when the when the, the parents come in, well, none I mean, of the parents are around. It's you know? it's just it's just an extra it's just an extra layer of making things more scary because when you're a kid, what's more safe what's more safe than your parents? Yeah. Right. So to remove them from the equation. And the babysitter. I, I even Carpen- Laurie promises, like I promise nothing yeah, will happen so to you. But she's that de facto parent. I think Carpenter is speaking to latchkey something kids. about latchkey kids, or like you know, I grew up as a latchkey kid, so I, I, I get it, like. I think that he was speaking to that in absentee parents that they, they weren't really around as much as they should be. I, I think that was a theme that he was. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think that might have been his theme with later on in the movie. I don't, I don't know, think with Michael. That I don't was, know if it was a theme with Michael necessarily, no. but that the kind of well, we don't know. Kind of, right, but like, I think he, since we don't know, that makes him because if it was, you know, if there was a longer thing where he's coming home from school every day and his sister's out just banging around instead of taking care of him, it's just she's. Probably supposed to be babysitting him. She's distracted. Well, she he's is. he's trick or treating because you know. No, she, 19- sa- she says at the beginning. She's you know. What about your brother? She's like, oh, Michael's around here somewhere. Right. You yeah. know, like kind of yeah, nobody's yeah. really dis- yeah. regarding him. It's like, 1963. Yeah. You had extra kids just in case. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> life was different then. Like they ducked yeah. into the the the, right. the the wall and they're like, yeah, see you later. I'm not right. going out for yeah, cocktails. Exactly. Seatbelts no, where they put your hand in front of you seat when you belts, hit brakes. Yeah, right. right. There was no seatbelts yet. That wasn't a thing. Right. One so, one common misconception that did come from this movie that that the writers did denounce afterwards. Is the idea of the the virgin right the, the morality because she didn't have sex that she survived? I, that's another trope. Yeah, yeah and, and, and created and scream unintentionally. That up. I mean, it's Friday the Thirteenth. They've got in comments yeah. and they were like, "Well, no, the point wasn't that she's a virgin so she survived. She's the only one paying attention. Right. She yeah. wasn't yeah. Yeah. having sex. Yeah. She wasn't yeah. like distracted. Yeah. distracted. She was." Right. They're doing the job. Her job was to watch the kids. Right. And she was there watching the kids. I don't think she would have to watch for the killer. I don't think they intentionally did it, right. but it did create a trope right. that lasted decades. Yeah, and yeah. That, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I love so much that they went back. We're like, no, 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 no. We were not making this a morality play. We were making it that she's focused. And then we, you know, I mean, look at the Friday Thirteenth. The way you survive, and then and just scream like. But how many mm-hmm. movies then just stole it? This unintentional thing that they just created that had such yeah. legs. I, I will say this too: the, the cabin uh, in the woods. Sorry. It, it, oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, even in the Friday the Thirteenth ones, like the the final girls, at least in the first two movies, have had sex before. Yeah, and it's been you know it's, it's that gets like, later on, but like it it, it becomes it morphs into something more sinister. They were, they didn't have sex on film, right? It's the, a little bit different. The, they're counter. They're they're the movies that came after were the ones that really took. Those oh yeah, balls sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, drinking, drug use. Drug yeah. use. You're yeah. dead. Let me, let me you know, like um, suburban safety. Where it's yeah. a nice neighborhood, this could never happen here. Well, yeah. Oh wait, yeah. you're dead. Dun, you dun, know, dun. Like, and the, the suburban safety was the biggest thing with this, where it's just this like perfect neighborhood. Every the hedges go to the end of this part. Every yeah. everything's yeah. manicured. Absolutely. The one house in the neighborhood still the lawn is taking care of the Myers house, right. like because you know it could be it's the safety, and now we're taking that safety out of it. Well, the basically, le- it was it was one it was one town where one bad thing happened 15 years ago, and the 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 um, the gravekeeper, the cemetery guy, what, yeah. what would you call him? The groundskeeper. The groundskeeper. He said, "Well, every town has this." Then he started to tell the story, and Loomis was like, "Where are we going?" Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, also, well, I don't. And I, by the way, I don't think this movie created it, but definitely ran with it. Is the, the last girl trope, where where the 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 the, 
the main female lead is the last Alien was one of those where yeah. the last what the yeah. last person standing is a, is the woman the, the the woman that can handle herself and yeah. take care of business. Same thing here. Jamie Lee Curtis is the last one yeah. standing. You see the Nightmare movies and they do it. They, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the Nightmare um, movies does it so great with Nancy. Nancy, yeah. Yeah. you know they they keep it going. Isn't you know? isn't that cinema though? Is that Carpenter creates something that he just creates and then. Everyone view it a different way and make this whole other sure. thing based on a. Uh, a but how many times were any of us sit and watch movies and take something out of it? And I'm sure any like any creator when we created this movie, if one of these podcasts ever found all that. They'd probably be like, "All right, well, I didn't get any of that when I was making right. this movie, but these guys want to talk about it for three hours. God bless them, you know." Like it. That that happens a lot with Vince Gilligan and Break when you know the showrunner for Breaking Bad, the creator, and people go go to him and like, "Oh, I noticed that you did this and you did that with the imagery." He's like. Yeah. No, I just thought it would look cool. I just, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, and, or or they did things. Well, I'm a, you know big Breaking Bad fan. Yeah, they, a lot of times they did things just to write themselves out of a corner. Yeah, like they had they had written themselves into a corner and like okay, how now how are we going to get out of this? And they on the fly are just like oh well okay we'll do it this way. And then people are like that was genius. It's like we just really got ourselves into a point where we had to get right. ourselves out. Yeah, of it. but I also do think that when you have such a well conceived vision that there are palettes to the color that you present that show signs of your genius, yeah. whether you're intending it or not. There's unintentional genius in all these, these great sure, works. Like, absolutely. And, and while even the creator himself can look at it and be like, uh, I mean, I, that's not intentional. We were just trying to paint it as a corner. They painted a, a corner of that painting right. that, that invoked something, invoked a thought, invoked a vision in someone else who was watching it who they went on to create something in their mind. So that's what great creators do, and that's what these it, movies This are. movie created a formula that was used, still is, in mm -hmm. a lot of this ways. This movie is 100%. extremely influential. And yeah. everyone will yeah. say it. Extremely. And I mean, especially with horror movies, there's so much on the social commentary in this one, is this, mm -hmm. you know, the suburban life. It's always interesting to see how many layers there are. And, you know, because you watch something once and you don't take something from it, it's... You know, it goes to the quality of what you're watching yeah. and the quality of the people making it. Chris, sure. I know you want to rag on these um, Jamie Lee Curtis's friends here a little bit. Yeah, not her, but them. <laughs> so we have Linda and Anne. Oh, Anne. Oh, oh Annie. 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 Oh, Annie. Oh, boy, Annie. Worst babysitter Annie. ever. Worst friend ever? I mean, she's... I think Jason just put her out of her misery. Like, she just hated everything. Michael. Michael. I'm sorry. Did I say Jason? Oh, my goodness. No, oh, boy. my. We're getting... It's getting sideways here. I'm just happy you did it first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I have been mixing up Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. <laughs> I, I say what... I, I had to delete tweets. They deleted a poll, basically. Basically. My entire yeah. life, I've got those two. I'm, I apologize, Michael. I think Michael killed her just to put her out of her own misery. I mean, she's just... <laughs> She's miserable with her friends. She's miserable that the dog oh, even hates her. Like I mean, every, I mean, when you when you're hating dogs on screen, you're gonna get it. She, like, the dog, I know the dog hour. doesn't actually hate her, but it's funny that yeah, she the dog was actually yeah, the yeah. dog was barking at Mike. I was trying to warn her of the murderer. <laughs> it was She's her. like the yeah. family dogs. <laughs> yeah. That was her best line, by the way. It's the family dogs trying to eat me. Like, <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah, yeah. and then she spills butter on herself, which I really and takes off. All of her clothes. <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, honestly, though, who hasn't been there? <laughs> I need a blouse and just, I need a robe and just puts on the dad's just shirt. And then someone gets stuck in the laundry room. Like, I know she gets locked in there, but like, do something else. Just, 
any number of ways you right. can get out of a fucking laundry like, room. And why is the laundry room not in the house? Like that's well, that that's not her fault. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's I don't know whose fault that is, but I'm annoyed with them. Like yeah. that's, that's, I've watched enough HGTV that that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that on Flip or Flop many times. <laughs> I, I actually almost bought a house that had that exact setup. And they got, yeah. they got so the window. Go. Yeah. No. <laughs> guess what happened? I didn't buy the house. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. If you foresaw yourself getting stuck in the window, and that's some dumbass babysitter with my panties on. Yes, uh, that usually happens. And then get her foot stuck in the rack. It's like. Yeah. Break. Uh, what about, so imagine it, leaving your kid with a babysitter coming home and then your kid sleeping houses away. Yeah, while, while you're while you're dead in the Lincoln. Let's not talk about the <laughs> I, I, talk about. I would say I know what you're saying. I, I would say that the times have changed. That's clearly would, a times thing. This, I've, yeah, I've never once as a babysitter pawned me off on somebody just to get uh-huh. just to get some right. uh, like take away this is just magic. a normal Halloween night Michael Myers is still in the asylum she still left him somewhere else to go oh, grab her boyfriend babysitter <laughs> no no and that uh, as we said she, uh, wanted, she wanted to bang Paul what are you gonna do hey the way to yeah, the way to be survive this movie was simply just be a good babysitter you know that's true would have been, yeah, yeah, seriously right, right. Yeah. so when we meet the girls and they're walking along the road and you get like Mike Myers driving by and the and it's just very cool and, shot. And then well, he stops. Well, oh, oh, and Annie know. talks shit to him. I, this is some of my favorite parts of the whole... I, this is actually the scenes that I love. Are the daytime scenes where the he's... The stalking scenes? Yeah, I oh, love they're it. they're so good. They're just yeah. so well done. Like, even when he... You know, they yell at him and he kind of pulls over and right. stops. And, yeah. and he's just see him just in the, the background the, here and there. The, I, the, I, just very cool. Where, where she sees him in school. I she looks it. out the window he's just standing behind the car just mm-hmm. staring like... I love it. And, so, oh. when, and when they pull away, and then she, you go back to her, when she looks out the window again, you expect him to be gone. So when he's yeah. there the second time, it hits harder. Yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, steals steals that scene in, of of the in the, in the school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, Nancy does the exact same yeah. thing in that movie. This movie is so patient. It really is. Movie. It's just it takes oh. its time. And it's not going to, and then that, the byproduct of that is something we're talking about later audiences probably yeah. not sticking to it right away. Even but, me, oh. you know how I am with with uh, older movies, slower paced movies. Yeah. Even me, I'm like, let's get let's get to it. Yeah, there's here. A, there's like, a drowsy pace to this, and, it, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that in a good way. Well, it's funny because um, this is a teaser from my favorite quote of the movie, but Loomis calls Michael while he's in the while he's in his cell inhumanly patient. Yes, wow. he calls right. him that. Very yeah. cool. And and it's, it's um, and I, I feel like that that describes the movie. It it really takes its time to build the tension. It's it's a it's a masterclass in how to build tension. Yeah, with doing very, just doing very little. Like we said before, I don't know if a, if I don't know if a group of eighteen year olds would find this appealing. Yeah, but I mean, when you're watching it as a film, though, like it, it I that patience is real. I, mean, I miss movies like this. Yeah, I wish I more. I wish more movies were made like this today, but that's just not how it goes. Yeah, I'll, I'll say one that I think recent a recent horror one that I thought was pretty patient, and pretty like, uh, pretty tense is Get Out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It, ta- I still, it takes I still a sweet seen it. time to get so where good. it's going. Yeah. I'm not just gonna spoil anything, yeah. but like you're sitting there saying like. All right, I know that something's going to happen here, but what is going? What the yeah, hell is going patient. on? Right now? No, you nailed that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a really good comparison because you know things are happening. They're laying very subtle seeds, but you're yeah. like, you're just uneasy with what's going and, on. At what point mm-hmm. is this shit going south? Let's go. Yeah. And then it turns, and you're like, oh, check that one out if you haven't seen it. The shot of him at the clothesline 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know it's become a Twitter meme, but like it's a great shot that boom, instantly gone. And Andy just know. says it's the neighbor. Yeah. yeah it's just the neighbor watching. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he like 87 years old? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm impressed by those scenes because, again, like they're, in, they're, they're filmed in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Where that's a least scary time, right? But they somehow make it menacing. intense and menacing, yeah. and I think that's a great that's a that's a hard thing to do. Scream definitely pays homage to it, like multiple times yeah. in the movie. Uh, 100%. But they, I, I love it. They, they do it for for a good reason. Yeah, Scream Scream takes it to the next level where Ghostface is in like the Quickie Mart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, like, he's like yeah, in, the, cereal, in the bathroom at school. But yeah. they do do it even when. Um, uh, uh, they're on the porch. Yes, and you see yep. them in the woods and, in the background. Yeah, you see yeah, them in the yeah. woods, you know? That, that works more to me than him at, like, checking out the Yeah, Snickers. I don't love that. That's a little silly. Yeah. But it's all about the that kind of subversion of expectations, right? Because you think horror movie, you think it's just going to be dark and the whole thing. So that's why the daytime stuff as a builder is such a so smart. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm going to go to Midsommar quick. The whole thing's in daylight, and that makes it so much extra creepy. Yeah. Right, because that, that, then you know you're really screwed. Because there's no... There's, there's no there's hiding in the shadows. There's, no there's nothing saving you. Yeah. Right. So when he's behind the bush, and then Annie runs up to kind of talk shit to him, and he disappears. You know, he didn't disappear into a shadow or behind the wall. He... No, he's just... Where did he go? He's behind okay, like, question, though, or something. I, I have a valid question there. She, he's behind the shrub. He comes out of the shrub. She's like, "There he is," disappears. The Annie runs around to see, and he's gone. Yeah. Does Michael Myers run? No, Michael Myers not. does not. He does run. not run. He's patient. So you think he just moseyed on out of sight? I just think he took his took his time, got well, out she, of there. I mean, right. she she walked quickly. She didn't she, she didn't, didn't walk it either. Um, and I would say I to remember how a lot of this movie's playing with POV and. Her POVs are a lot of am I seeing things? So like you might, you she might have catch him at the glimpse and then look away, then look back. So she might, you know, what mm, what we're okay. seeing is what she thinks she's seeing, what she thinks she might not be seeing, and it's easy to convince yourself, oh, I'm seeing things. So I, I think those POV shots are not necessarily what what is going on in real time, but what is like what the person's seeing, what they think they see. Right. It's like the reliability of the narrator. That's interesting. Yeah. I just I I I, I can't imagine. Michael Myers walking, Michael. Pur- walking, running with purpose. Yeah, or, he's not doing parkour. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's just, just like speed walking. <laughs> I mean, part of Michael Myers' working is that it's the same pace. You're right. He yeah. doesn't move he, for anyone. Well, he right. picks up. There, are, there are points where he picks up his pace a little bit. He's, like, later in the movie, where he's, but he's not sprinting. No, but yeah. like, he, he has a, he has a quick he has a quicker step when he's he chasing Laurie across the street. Right. Like there's there are some points where he, he puts a little pep in his step, right? But he's not running, he's not no, sprinting. No, no. He's, he's, he's just not, he's not a same bolt. In right. regards to the daytime stuff, I do want to talk a little bit about the setting here. So this takes place in fictional Haddingfield, Illinois, right? It's obviously filmed in California. It is very California. Totally, you get the California vibe. They did an admirable job in a low budget budget movie, spreading the leaves around. Right. You they get a fall leaves. feel in a in a seasonless yeah, town it, that they're it, actually filming it in. It works. I think the first time you watch it, it works, and then the more you watch it, the correct. More, the more yeah, palm trees, the more palm trees you see. It, yeah, things it, like it that. does kind of look like an in every neighborhood they do they, a good job they, they do, do like the, the houses and stuff it doesn't look LA or Pasadena I've been the one nitpicking a lot and I'm not gonna nitpick yeah, this and I do want to respond 
to a criticism that I heard in regards to the climate. But Joe, go go. I, I think the biggest place you see it is when they're driving and they're they see their the dad at the um the hardware store where the thing the sporting goods store where things were robbed. That's where I think it's the most. When they're in like the houses in the neighborhoods, it doesn't bother me at all. It's when they're really driving where it's like, oh okay, in this the town. isn't yeah. Okay. And the town is where it gets me. Yeah. yeah. Um so I recently heard a criticism about this is is it's a lot of open windows in this movie. And in Illinois in October, well, how are we going to be opening a lot of windows? It's going to be snowy. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cold climate. So, like, I, and I heard that. I'm like, oh, God. You know, and I'm watching yeah, 14 okay. Chicago. So, but no, but I'm going to debunk this a little bit because I did some research here with this. So, in the state of Illinois, the – now, I, we don't know exactly where Haddonfield, Illinois is it's in the South, grand scheme of things. South it doesn't – well, it doesn't ex- – isn't it fake? It's, it's fake. It's, but fake. it's, 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 it's supposed to be south of Chicago. Okay. Oh, so, okay. so, it's record – High temperature for October in the state of Illinois is 91 degrees. The record low is 43. So on on a 40, let's say the record low is 43. Is it inconceivable to think that the family might have a window open at 43? Listen, we we live in the Northeast. I was just going to say that. I have my windows open in my house. Me too, right now. Right now I have my windows open. The side doors of this is open. It's a screen. By the way, my address is... Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) See, my windows are not open. They're locked. There's an alarm. No. I wasn't even worried about... For me, it was just more back to that kind of suburban safety because how do you show... It's much easier to show windows open... Then doors unlock. I think you need yeah, the right. windows open to show safety. Dude, nothing happens here. And right? God bless, ever happens. God exactly. bless the people of Illinois. Northeast American winters are tougher than Illinois winters. Oh, I know uh, it gets windy uh, over there. Chicago, uh, we get dude, hit hard. Yeah, yeah, dude. Chicago's miss, pretty tough. Midwest yeah. gets hit. Hard. Midwest is we get, terrible. We get hit weather. hard too, but not like they do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that, yeah. You get hit. That's not a good take. Cold take, cold take. I'm not taking. I'm not making this comment from you know San Francisco. No, right, all right. Is it yeah, no, no. Northeast winters are you know they're tough. Northeast winters are tough, but Chicago Midwest is Midwest different winters. animal. Um, but another thing where they where you can tell that it's L.A. or you can tell it's California, other than Illinois, is that they have outdoor classrooms. That the classrooms have outdoor space. Oh, that outdoor hallways, which would not be a thing in uh, that in, in, in Illinois. Call. Listen, man. We got. We all know that movies are not filmed in oh, the places they are, especially and, the low budget ones. And listen, right. half yeah. uh, half the movies that we watch are are filmed in like Vancouver. You know, sure. so it's like that's why we Scott, we, that's, uh, we have to suspend disbelief in that way. That, that stuff doesn't bother me. It's more like plot holes that that really get to me. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I'm a setting sights and sounds guy. So like yeah. I, when I watch a movie, I want the sights. Like I, when I want, when I watch Lawrence Arabia, like I I want it. I want it to look like the Middle East. Sure. You know, and when I'm watching this and getting California vibes and stuff, the sounds are perfect in this yeah. movie. They couldn't be better. Well, the sites, there's areas where... Do you know they, they had to, they didn't have fall leaves, so they had to make them? Yeah. And them. then they had to yeah. move them from yeah. each location? And, and, and they do it admirably. It looks, <laughs> right. it looks great. It's good. And I think like, it looks I good. I think Grant, what you, you said was perfect is when you see this for the first time, it's not even a thought, which is which shows they did a good job. If you're you're rewatching and you're analyzing it, that's when you start to that's see right. the palm trees yeah. in the background. Once you're kind of aware of it, and then you're looking, you're like, okay, that doesn't right. look great. Well, you don't have to pay as much attention. You can pay attention to those background things. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about Jamie Lee Curtis right now. This is her debut role. She's the daughter of Janet Lee, who's the star in Psycho. He's cast accordingly, of course. He he wanted this to play like a Hitchcock movie. Hitchcock was his main inspiration here. She's gone on to be a movie star. She's sure. been playing yeah, his mm-hmm. stuff. Since he sells us some delicious yogurt as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Oh most, yeah, yeah. Most most famous horror 
alum? The Scream Queen. Yes, she yeah. is. Yeah. No, it's, is. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's her and Kevin Bacon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, like, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, but she's the star. She's, she's her name. She's named the screen, the screen queen. I mean, right. like, yeah, yeah. Dude, she's, right. yeah she's, she is it. She's um, tremendous in this. Movie. I wouldn't sleep on Sissy Spacek. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Carrie, but she wasn't in many. Right, Jamie Lee Curtis was in a lot of horror movies, though. Right, not just one. Right. Well, yes, yeah, but I think. Well, I mean, yeah, Johnny Depp would be in that same category. He's not been really in a ton of. Horror movies, other than that, I mean, yeah, they, they, they may be bigger actor, actors, but she's yeah, she is the she's the yeah, horror. Actress. She is the horror in the horror world. If, yeah, you know, exclusive the of the rest, she's she's unbelievable, and she's so good in this for never acting before. Yeah, horror she's, movies she's, have a good a good track record of debuting uh, actors and actresses to go on to easy to get things. into, right? right they're, yeah. they're easy first movies, right? right? They well, need people. Jennifer Aniston was in a, a Leprechaun, Leprechaun movie. McConaughey yeah. was yep. in Texas Chainsaw Massacre so too. Renee, Renee Zellweger was in the yep. same movie. Yep. Yeah. 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 Texas Chainsaw too. Yeah. Which is actually good. Is it? Yeah. If you're going to pick a first role, I mean, those are, those are some, you can actually and they'll cast show, whoever, right? showcase some, right. your talent. If you're just, if you're a hungry actor. You just want to work. Mm-hmm. That's where you go. Low budget, so it's not like you're fighting for this and that. Like, Adam, there. like Adam Scott was in one of the Hellraiser movies. Really? Yeah, like a young Adam Scott. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Right, right off Boy Meets World, right into I think Hellraiser. before Boy Meets World. Yeah. Buffy oh. the Vampire Slayer qualifies. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hillary, ben Affleck. Hillary, uh, Hillary Swank. Yeah, yeah Hillary Swank. Ben Affleck has a, non, has a yep. non-speaking role or something. Yeah, he was on the basketball team, right? Yeah. yeah. But so what, what do you guys... What do you guys think of uh, of Jamie Lee Curtis's performance here in this one? It's an I, early role. She was fine. I mean, listen, I she's she, good in it. I think she's good in it. Yeah, and I think she she thought she was doing such a bad job. She thought they were going to fire her, and he, he called her the night of, and she thought it was going to be fired. He was like, "Oh, I'm really happy with everything you're doing," and she was like surprised that she wasn't fired. In in hearing her talk a little bit about this movie, uh, one really cool segment she was talking about was, you know, one of the main things that this movie required her to do was was to scream. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I don't know how often people think about it. How often do you scream in your daily life? Like, when, like it's not like, that's not like, a, I don't walk down the street and just scream at the top of my lungs. No. So they're giving me a scale of one to 10 on how loud to scream, how intense to scream. And I'm, I'm standing in this room and there's just 10 people looking at me saying, oh. okay, go. And I just have to scream. I can't even like, so like, This is just like, I can't get my picture taken. I can't even... <laughs> so they did that, that, that rating system of screaming, one to ten, yeah. because they filmed. Of course, like most movies, they Absolutely. filmed it out of sequence, right. so they, she had to know how intense the screaming should be. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is actually genius. Yeah, you it's know. a very smart way of doing. So, yeah. especially someone who's. It's not like she's a seasoned actor where she could kind of read it. She just has to figure out like what a smart yeah. way yeah. of helping a new actress along to make, and it works. I, is she a great screamer though? I mean, like. I don't know. She definitely has stamina. I think it's a believable scream <laughs> I, for a person because a lot of the over-the-top screams you see in the movies, it's like that's... I, I, I think she portrays a high school girl completely overwhelmed very well. Right. She's um, not a superhero. She's and, not... Yeah, I, she's yeah, not... I, I feel like it's... I feel like her performance is super believable. Choices she makes. It's not the best choices at times, but like when you're a 17-year-old girl that's never encountered anything like this before like what the hell are you gonna do like you don't know what you're gonna do right right before him the biggest stress of her life was bobby thinking he likes she likes him yeah yeah and uh so I, I i think her performance comes off really well and it's really believable oh yeah, yeah. annie by the way what an asshole of a friend like who would do that <laughs> like 
Tell some dude I, that you know what I get. You know she's playing the middle of the match. Annie deserved I, everything she got. You know I, she I sucked. Will, I will. I will. I will push back on that on that take a little bit because she knew that Lori was too chicken yeah. to make the first move Plant on Ben Tramer. She was trying to motivate, and her. so she so she so she wanted the nugget. Okay, how about I do that to you, Grant? Would you enjoy that? Uh, let me let me go down. You told my wife I thought she was cute. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm saying you burn. Let's say that, that, that wasn't a thing. You wouldn't. You would not be in high school. I, I in high school, I don't think it's uncommon for social circles to right. of guys and girls to send a messenger over to plant seeds. And right. yeah. if we did it 36, I think it hits different. Yeah, I yeah. think. I think. Like they're they're kind of rude to her and a little bit, but when push comes to shit, like when when Lori was like depressed in the car. Like and he was like, okay, like we'll we'll figure it out. Right. We'll, like when push came to shove, you were like, being way nicer than she was. They're also you're, listening. Don't you're do the pathetic. reaper, which was like, awesome. What's yeah. going on, she, dude? She's a dick. She's horrible. Like <laughs> I, I, I feel she is a. Oh, I'm sorry. We're fucking every five seconds. Any anybody will look at us, but what a loser you are for not. That's basically their their take on it. Listen, she is. She comes off very strong, and I feel like she's not a great friend at times, but sometimes. Especially with that whole thing telling Ben Tramer, I feel like I see Annie's point there. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, all. I'll, I'll I'm, side I'm, with her there. I'm okay with that too. Okay and with that too. I, and I, now, I'm on you with a lot of the criticism of Annie, but this one I'm I'm on team Annie. Terrible Annie. babysitter. We all worst yeah. babysitter on yeah. earth. <laughs> I think she's an equally terrible friend. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, maybe. and the, I mean, what the initial name of this movie was the Babysitter Murders. Yeah, yeah. before they changed it to Halloween. And I, I also I love. The one day, me too. The whole movie yeah, taking well, place in one well, day. That was, it, was, it was like, like I like I like self-contained. Yeah, so yeah. really so cool. And I love mean, that. We're gonna talk about you know the everything later, but originally when it was thought about a trilogy, it wasn't about Michael Myers. It was things happening on Halloween. Well, that's why Halloween three came. And that's then. why Halloween yeah, yeah. three, the witches one, is has nothing. To, he's I, not even in it. Having it take place on one day was was a budgetary. Sure. Oh, yeah. Choice, but, but also the right choice. Right. I mean, absolutely yeah. the right choice. So we're gonna breeze through the sequels at, at the end of this thing. Um, I, I do wanted to sh- give a little shout out to that little um, foreshadowing Easter egg of um, the thing from another universe that they're watching, the movie they're watching, yeah. and, there, yeah. and he will go, John Carpenter will go on to remake it as the thing right. uh, a, a few years later. Yep. So it's kind of a cool thing, and I love that little scene of. Can we do Jack Lantern now after the movie? Can we do the comic book after the Jack Lantern? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a great little, uh, almost like a Simpsons like scene in there. Yeah. And, and that's where she's just very good when it's just him and her. I thought she was I, very good. That was my favorite part of her performance yeah. was with yeah. the kid. Like, with her great stuff. I thought it was yeah. great. Uh, she, she was a believable babysitter. Like, and she was a little more reserved with her friends where with him and she was like, clear, she clearly cared about this kid and I, I just really liked the whole dynamic and I yeah. really liked her there. Yeah, and uh, boy, this poor kid just wants to carve jack-o'-lanterns and the, the bully's got to like Smash his only pumpkin. I mean, and then, and then get the boogeyman oh, thing in his head. Yeah. Heartbreaking moment. He's those, got those big kids, pumpkin. He's so fired up, and they like those kids were assholes. I do I'm think, glad Loomis scared the shit out of him later. I do, think, great scene. I do think that pumpkin might have been rotting though. The way he fell it's, on it, 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 it squished it, very easily. <laughs> oh, absolutely, that was a dead pumpkin. I mean, that was, yeah, that was not a pumpkin. That was a Nerf ball. It might have saved him some disappointment a little later on. He just like stick a knife and it just. 
just like deflates. <laughs> it's it's like the turkey in uh, National Life Food's Christmas Vacation. I didn't, by the way, just to go back, I did enjoy that scene of the bullying. That I thought that was really well done. Yes. It was the really cover work was really cool because was, they were so much bigger than him. Yeah, it, it really just cool. seemed ominous. Like, yep, they yeah. were almost the killers. Like, it yeah. was great. It's, it's coming for you. you. Yeah, yeah. It's good emotionality in that scene, yeah, too. Yeah. You yeah. felt like yeah. it felt what's And then, you know, know what happens on Halloween? Yeah, you get candy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it really stuck with him because later on, like, they said the boogeyman's coming for me. What, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't help that he sees a gigantic man. Let's talk about this boogeyman. I don't like this too much. I just, uh, watch the movie. You know what the boogeyman? Like phone rings. Oh, we'll talk about it another time. Yeah, that's 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 a big that's a big TED talk for right now. Okay, so we're gonna get down to the, the final stretch run of the murders here. Chris, your favorite uh, Annie is bites gonna get it, it first. She it's bites it the first. first uh, yeah. The first victim here. Although the poor German Shepherd is, I guess, technically the first. Yeah, so it's a much more upsetting. Death. It's always that when the dogs die. Yeah. Yes, it's tough. We saw that, and we dealt with that with uh, with Jaws with uh, Pippin. 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 Pip it, pip it. Never want to see a dog die. No, always tough. That whole sequence is tremendous to me. Drops off Lindsay at Tommy's house. With blanket. And basically, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right? You think she, it's coming like five garage, times. She goes to the garage and the, and the door's locked. And then she goes find the chest, tries to find the key. She goes in the pantry. Nothing to, and then, I don't know if you guys know, she doesn't even try to unlock the door. She just opens it up. She forgets to unlock the door, but it opens. That's right. Yeah. And then she sits down. I did she, notice that. She sits in the car and it's fogged up. And then, she, then all of a sudden she starts doing the math in her head. She's like, like, why would it be fogged up? Wait, why is it fogged up? Why is why the was door it unlocked? I, unlock, I just checked. Like, and then all of a sudden he, he, he gets her. That it's, moment of recognition of something weird it's is... A, it's a cool moment of realization right before the shit hits the fan. And it's why this movie is so great. Because it does little things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That was... I, I didn't appreciate that. That she went to get the keys because it was the door was locked and she just opened the door. Like, Without even thinking. And it and took her a like, second to realize, minute, wait. That was locked two that was seconds cool. ago. The timing's perfect when you got... So is he, he chokes her out, I guess, right? Is that what yeah, he's he doing? chokes her then he stabs her. Yeah. Oh, right. Then he stabs her, right. Okay. I mean, she's really holding on from the strangulation. She's... You know, honking the horn and all that. The choking performance is... Yeah, it's okay, you know. It's, it's, it's not in last place as far as choking performances in this movie go. But, okay, okay, yeah, well, yeah. then we'll wait yeah. to, for the bad one. Listen, strangulation, it, it affects, but, you know. Yeah, uh, so, now, the house that she's pimped out to her friends here, where they're just <laughs> yeah. running, running amok in this place. Now, Bob. Okay, Bob. now this couple here... So now they're going to go to the master bedroom mm-hmm. of the friend's house that they're babysitting in. They're going to, you know, have have fun in the master bedroom. That's where you, that's where you bang, dude. In yeah, your that's house. fine. Okay, yeah. but now we're we're smoking cigarettes in the bed and we're filing our 70s. nails in the bed and we're drinking beers. That like you don't even know the people who own this house here. Like, how we have a shred of respect here? Parents, Is that the seventies? Yeah, we don't respect the, the parents. Well, the parents probably smoke as well right. in, the, in the room. So I'll, I'll, I'll give. You, Okay. Right. So the smell of smoke. The following the nails is just fucking bizarre. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. Listen, Who does that? That's a that's a know. time killer. Everyone has their has their pre post coitus ritual. Well, that wasn't where I was going with that. But, <laughs> everyone has their sounds that that annoy them. You know, we talked about Jaws with the the nails on the chalkboard with with Quint. Fi- Doesn't really bother me. The the sound of filing nails to okay. me. God, that. 
uh, my my spine is is curdling thinking about it right See, now. I, don't, I cannot handle especially all of those little boards. Those boards need to just be thrown into the ocean <laughs> or something like that. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind that one. It's chewing that gets me. Me too. Chewing, I can't chewing, handle. I can't handle. Yeah, see, it's funny how there's sounds that were. Oh, the other one is boy. like rocks on a driveway. Like oh, if I like that. Yeah, see, oh, I, that's, I think that's that suit. That, that reminds Two me of the beach. Grinding up yeah. For me, it's mostly just people talking. <laughs> <laughs> I well, at, least, I, at least you're not on the podcast. Oh, that's why you don't. That's why you don't re-listen to the VPC. Episode. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to hear myself or you or anybody talking. It's it's revolting. Great, great press for the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> the best picture cast listen to half the, half the <laughs> contributors. The show that we don't even listen to. <laughs> Get yours uh, today. Just, just what you want. A chef who won't eat at his own restaurant. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah, so the, the, these these are not likable people here, these two. No. Um, get me a beer. Could you get me a beer? I thought, huh? Yeah, yeah. Is that all you yeah. have to say? Oh, man. I'd like to see what that looked like on the, uh, on the, paper, on the I mean, page. I'll, I'll give you this. What's the guy's name? Bob. Bob, Bob likes boobs. And <laughs> boobs will make you do any, get you anything you want. Yeah, like, yeah. He delivers one of the epic lines of the movie. I'll be right back. I'll be right I'll back. Be right back. He, he delivers it great, too. He does the, yeah, the nice, yeah. the nice delivery. So, I mean, I don't think anyone watched that was like, Bob's going to wake up tomorrow. Yeah, Bob <laughs> is going to be the hero Bob's, of this one. Bob's so, going to college. I, I came into this podcast here today, like, saying I'm going to hold back with the nitpicks. 90-minute horror movie. It's it's famous for its nitpickable things. Chris, you went the opposite. Right? You, comb, you combed this like Citizen Kane. I did. Yes. <laughs> but I need to talk. About the physics here oh, of, sure. of Bob's yeah, death. But... All right, like, like, I'm sorry. I just can't help it. I can't help myself. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> I know so Double M puts him up against the wall here, and pins him to the wall yeah. like a like a a attack to a to a cork board here. I'll suspend disbelief for a second here that the kitchen knife can hold him up. But in how the big wall, do you think Bob place. is? I mean, 150 oh, pounds at least. Okay, no, let's let's say. I think Bob's a big guy. I was thinking like 180. Okay. Yeah. But let's operate it as if he's 130. Okay. <laughs> this kitchen knife. First of all, I'm not I'm not so certain that we could stab a kitchen knife in the wall and keep it there to begin with, without the body. On I'm, there. I'm thinking so more of the cabinets. Now so we're going to put the body on there. Try. I'm going to suspend disbelief here. I'm going to take a step back and suspend disbelief. And say that the knife can pin him up against the wall without his body sliding down a into cabinet, the knife, not a wall. And, and or just falling out completely, or right, or, yeah. or sliding. Just it, let's just say he's got it in their place. Yeah. Now, as this knife went through his stomach, did it hit like an on-off switch that just shut him down, where he just like where he's not even going to move an arm or flail a, an eyebrow or something? It just he just died instantly when this knife went through his stomach. Yeah. So like I mean, can you give me like a squirm or a scream or a, or at least a gasp of breath? Bob wasn't prepared for the death scene. Act. This is a this is a, this is the, this is Grant's corner because I'm not going to defend this at all. I can't, I can't no, listen. I, I can't I can't defend I can't defend it. I I think it I think it's a uh, it's a cool I think it's a really cool visual. It's a great moment. His feet hanging and in the air, just feet, like yeah, relaxing. It just, it just um, and like the whole head tilt. Thing. Yeah, it, the whole head tilt is awesome. It, it works. That's awesome. It works. It works well when you start overthinking it. It falls apart like I, that. I, yeah, but like yeah. kind of falls apart when you underthink it too, though. That's basically <laughs> my fault. Like you have to analyze it even a little bit. And I respect like, the restraint that they didn't just go like blood splattering right. everywhere and like. like I, 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 it's cool, but maybe do it in a way that can it give me could a, have happened. You know can what? Give me a cough or like a. 
Or like have Gurgle or something. Or, or maybe like do that. it and then just have him kind of. Yeah, probably couldn't have any. We don't maybe do it and have the knife and him just kind of fall down. Like something else. Or do it. You've seen other horror movies do it where there's a hook on the wall. Like put him on the hook by his back. That was done already, though. It was done already a couple years ago. It was done already? Well, it was Chuck's Chainsaw Massacre. It was the hook on the wall. So like I could see them not wanting to do that again. My timeline was off. You're right. I apologize. Even though they ripped off other things from other movies. So like they could have they could have just done that. But you know, we did we're talking about this on the way over here is as much as they any influence they took from another movie paid off tenfold sure. with everything that every other movie took from this. Yeah. So like when you I think when you take a couple things and then breed a whole genre based on what you did, I think that's I, I think horror is a genre that chairs. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also I'm I'm here gonna defend the movie a lot here. It, like when you're the f- one of the first ones through the through the wall, you're gonna make these kind of errors, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. The later the movies that came after, not not the Halloween movies, but uh, you know, slasher movies in general, did learn from this and did some of those kills better. And, and you know what? They got the lasting image. It's certainly everyone remembers that kill. That's sure. the kill everyone yeah, remembers, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it got the lasting. I mean, the screen so, took it. <laughs> it kind of, you know, maybe it's like the California thing, where when you watch it a couple times, you're like, "Well, wait a minute, how is that kitchen nice yeah. staying in place?" An independent movie, sure, made as quickly as it was. Everything they're just kind of doing it on the fly. There are going to be cracks in the wall, and, and especially, like, and, that, and that's and that's and that's to be expected. And if like, there was a crack in the wall, maybe the knife would have stayed in there. Ah, <laughs> 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 well done. Like, I think, I think it's one of those things. It's just one of those things where all, all the good completely outweighs. Uh, I, I, I yeah, you're yeah. not like you're not like. It doesn't take you out. You're, of it. you're not like killing the movie. Or right. It's, no. it's, yeah. It's, it's, and like, it's, it's a movie it's, that's it's, not it's, trying it's to rely on blood is, and gore. It is certainly a nitpick and it's certainly valid. Yeah. But it's just like, the um, the ends justify the means. It's also the fun yeah. stuff that like that we could make like Scream did a great job of making fun of all that shit later on. Right. Like like uh, when Rose McGowan's throwing the beer bottles at, at the at the ghost face and he's just they're exploding all over him. It's like there's well, no way that yeah, would happen either. Yeah, you know, like, there's tongue in cheek to that. Well, but right? that's, that's what I'm saying. It, it kind of led to so many other cool, yeah. funny things and it, later on. That is part of the fun of these movies. Yeah, like, like, like yeah. Hor- horror movies and comedies. You're encouraged to go over the top. Right. This one doesn't go over the top. No. The, 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 that's I, actually I, I, what I, I respected mean, about the movie the most is that it, it, it held itself back with a violence. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's not what they were going for. They yeah, were that's, going that's for, why I don't consider it like a slasher movie. Which brings up the next questionable death. The here. phone call. Uh, now, this one, phone now, this yeah. one, I may be wrong. I might not know this. You, you get, this nitpick may truly be a nitpick that you can debunk here. Can a can a, a cord to a seventies phone strangle someone without snapping? Definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. You think you could? Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Okay. Those, those things were built to last. Yeah, without question. Dude, those <laughs> things were pulled around. My, rooms. I was just was, gonna say that my yep. mom used to take it into four rooms yeah. and it would okay. still be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it never got tethered. It never got pulled. Yeah. That I'm thing, actually surprised I wasn't murdered by my own mother <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> that thing could like just getting wrapped around the wall. Yeah. Trying to play GI Joes. Great. I wanted to ask you about this one because. This is kind of like a weird moment of this movie for me, and you, and you use this as one of the uh, you Grant Z runs our uh, our Instagram account. There's a lot of the, all the graphics does a phenomenal job with all the graphics on uh, for both Twitter and Instagram on the social media. He's a, a master of his trade. But so you use the the image of Michael Myers with the sheet, yes, on his head. and the glasses. Now it's to me is the most out of character moment 
of Mike me say it shows, it shows the same thing here. It shows a tremendous amount of forethought. You don't really know how much planning he's doing into this, right? Because he does the thing where he sets up the grave and he has he, he yeah, does he does he does he do is things, thinking about something. He does do yeah, things right. that require forethought. And I guess he knows is like I got this guy, you know, this girl's upstairs and she knows that I don't look like her boyfriend. So what what am I going to use as a disguise? And it also and sets they, up the believability of the rake thing later that he's thinking about things when he puts the rake behind the door. It's not that there's thing, that he's not. Yeah, he's oh set, yeah, he's setting traps. Right. Almost. No, he, he is. is. Yeah. Like the, and the fact that he puts the glasses on over the thing right, and everything. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's very it's it's very creative. Yeah, and they I, allude and to the scarier. fact that he had been sitting. And just thinking for right. years well, upon thing. years yeah. upon years. He's so there, there was a plotting and a all, all of his energy is being put to this night. Right. And yes, you know, so I, I, I don't I think I think there's more planning involved than I'm than not, what I'm not the questioning out. it. I'm just I'm wondering what your take was from it. No, I, I I I think the scene I think the scene really works. Again, it's one of those things where if you start thinking about it a lot, you can start but just have fun with it. Yeah, I, not, I think I th- it's again like 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 the Bob getting stabbed scene. Mm-hmm. It, this is something that to me is synonymous with Halloween. And I think yeah. it's the patience yeah. of it that he he doesn't stand there and then rush at her. He just kind of stands there, lets her get frustrated and do something, which is, and then, which is consistent. He right, likes, exactly. He, he loves he loves it when the victims come to him. Right. He does he do, he does nothing, which makes her react to him. And then he does something, then he's able to act, and that's like Kieran just said. That's consistent with him, and I think that's. What makes him scarier? He's it's, not just moving and attacking. He's odd, thinking. It's oddly one of the the images of the movie that like is synonymous with the movie somehow. Yeah. Even though it's not the mask. Yeah, yeah. It's not his mask. Yeah. He's wearing a mask, a mask, but and then glasses. That, image. that must have been very disorienting. With just how did he see? That's two layers <laughs> yeah. of fabric and then yeah. glasses that weren't his. But Kieran, it did throw me too. And like, even though what I see, what, every time I see that image in like any horror. Whatever I see, and that that's one of the images. I'm always like, it's an odd image of the Halloween movie, but I guess it, it's something that everybody associates with yeah. Halloween. I, I feel I feel it is. That's why that's why I picked it. Yeah, when I did that. So now he's he's eliminated the uh, the, the friends pawns. are out. We're headed to the we're headed to the queen now. The hose yeah. the hose are done. And it's and amazing how late this this goes. Talking about patient movie, you know the whole thing's building <laughs> up, but it really takes. And the again, end of the you movie. haven't seen a lot of actual violence. Yeah. She, he stabs the boyfriend. He strangles Annie in the car. Yeah, I guess the te- the telephone. But you, yeah. it's not like you're not seeing gratuitous violence. No, and strangling someone he, probably you, the you, opening you, scene with you hear, yeah. you, you hear mo- you're, you're watching the knife. That. You're watching the knife, yeah. and you see you the just blood see on the, the knife. Roof. Really. Yeah, you know. So that that I I will say is the most impressive part of the movie is that you just great really, restraint, no, great restraint, yeah. way so much, and it just makes it so important. Before before we get to Lori, we're not really talking about. The interactions with Loomis and, and Sheriff Brackett. I feel like that's it's a part of that this is a part of the movie that really grounds it. Um, you know, because you have you have all the 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 games he's playing and the stalking and everything like that, but it's Loomis trying to convince Brackett to take this seriously, which is kind of it's almost like what the movie is about, this town trying to like cope with this horrible thing that's happening. I think it works great. Um, I don't know, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on Yeah, I, I like Brackett as kind of the willing, unwilling passenger to Loomis's guidance, where he's going with it, he's skeptical, but he's like, all right, I trust you enough that I'll at least, 
all right, we'll go to the house. We'll go right. to all these places. We'll do these things and we'll look into them and while his daughter is getting strangled and shebang. And... Brackett plays it just right. I mean, like, yeah. why would he really... Yeah, this happened 15 years ago. But you don't know for sure that's what this right. kid's up to or what he's doing. Like, I, I kind of yeah. get the skepticism. Oh, it, it kind of makes it sense. completely checks yeah. out. Like, I think yeah. he plays it right. Like, we were saying how Jamie Lee Curtis plays, you know, a 17-year-old in a situation. I feel like Brackett plays yeah. the – he handles it as a sheriff of a small town just trying to make sure everything's cool. Because what does he say to Lori early on? Like, oh, it's Halloween. Everybody's, everybody deserves yeah. one good scare or something. So, yeah. you know, he's just kind of going with it because he lives in a small right. suburban town. We're not. He doesn't think much is going to happen that yeah. night. There's a few eggings, a few toilet paper. Yeah, right, let's go with the psychiatrist. I mean, let's see where that this That thing goes. 15 years ago is also a family dispute you could write it off as 15 years later. Like, yeah. they don't, you know... Yeah, okay, the guy escaped. You don't know if he's here or not. I mean, I guess they find the car eventually, so now they know. Right. He, but he, if, dude, listen, most cops would be like, dude, I'm busy. Like, right. Get, get away from me. You know, like, like this guy <laughs> takes it serious. Loony doctors today. Yeah. Like, but, like, yeah, right. Like, call my boss. Fuck like, you. We have, we have kids getting high at the playground. We got to. Yeah. We it's Halloween. You know how much crime happens on Halloween? <laughs> like, so this does lead me to my quote because I do, my quote is an exchange between the two of those, the two of those guys. And uh, they're, they've gone into the old Myers house. And they've gone upstairs, and then this is when the window breaks. Yeah. And he and pulls out his, Dr. Lewis pulls out the gun and just ah, looks around. <laughs> uh, the, the cop gives him a look and he goes, and, and this is the quote here You must think me a very sinister doctor. Oh, I, I have a permit too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great, like, yeah. it's a yeah. great little brief scene of exposition where he's explaining why he has the gun later. Right. And he's like, he literally shows the audience the permit for yeah. the gun. Yeah. He's like, we're not being nitpicked in this territory, right. folks. All right. This one is covered. What, what went through the window? I couldn't quite. It was just like a gutter. Oh, yeah. Gutter. I think the gutter fell Just a dilapidated house falling apart. Conveniently at this time. Yeah. But then immediately after that scene, he gives a little monologue. On his relationship with Michael, which well, yeah, and that's when he talks about what does he say? The devil's eyes, the blackest eyes, yeah, purely just, and simple yeah, evil, just, which I love yeah. so much because yeah. it gets really into great. This. A great little monologue there. Little, I didn't want to use the whole thing as my right. Little right. bit yeah. of a Jaws rip off yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. Like but I, I like I liked that about it. Okay. Like I liked the it was like uh, it, it was a predator. A, there was there were shades of, of homage there. Yeah. There there are there are a lot of like uh, parallels between Bruce. The shark and uh, Michael Myers. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. really function on the same level. Basically. Yeah, no, this, this, I mean, that's we, we kind of I, I touched on this when we had our little when we had our debate during the Draws podcast. Mm-hmm. I said you can kind of you can almost consider this a monster movie because Mike because Michael Myers yeah. is so devoid of humanity that mm-hmm. he is just like this this monster. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And, and if you want to draw another parallel too, is when I in, in the in, when I was reading off the cast in the intro. And I mentioned uh, Tony Moran played Michael Myers. Grant gave me a look, and, and it was because there were, as there were problems with Bruce the Shark, yeah. there were issues with. But they had to have a different actor play, yeah, because they, yeah. they had different people there every day. Yeah. They were right. people John Carpenter yeah. even played him a little bit. Yeah, Nick, like, uh, Nick Castle um, was the main guy who played Michael Myers in the mask. I think they used Tony Moran. Just to film his face. Yes, so he was the, he right. was the so face. So he the fight with Lori. Yeah, when he takes his mask and, off, that's Tony And that's Moran. when she pokes him. That's why he has that a weird eye. Yeah. She yeah, pokes because him in the eye yeah. with the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. He's, he's this normal-looking 21-year-old, 23-year-old. Yeah. Uh, he's just this normal-looking kid. Jamie Lee and Michael Myers showdown here. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a cool little cat and mouse... That, that you get. Well, back to her friends being shitty. She thinks her friend's calling her while she's fucking. 
And that's why she's like, oh, okay, I hear, have to hear oh, your yeah, balls. Heavy breathing. I mean, I, I, that's what I would have thought. I mean, I don't right. know. Again, who hasn't been there? <laughs> now, uh, Chris, you alluded to her stabbing Michael Myers with the coat hanger. I love and that And then earlier on, we see her stab her with the... Uh, knitting knife. The, 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 the knitting needle. The knitting needle. Very creative. She's like a, she's like a mixture of... of uh, MacGyver and Martha Stewart. And she gets his knife. Does anybody have a nitpick with this these interactions? Because I I mean, I don't know how you could Okay, so I have one and I it, I will write this down as my last one. I'm yeah, not gonna I mean, go back to the No, episode. this is definitely mine too. So, last one. Okay. We're running from him, we're going to the house for Tommy's head. That's ridiculous. Okay, we're pounding on the door. Does no one else see the lit up doorbell there? Am I, am I the only one? Am I losing my mind? It's, there's a, it's lit up. It's literally pink lit up. Why is picking up a flower pot and hurling it to the second floor a better way than ringing the doorbell? I mean, I get maybe you're stressed, you don't see, but there's a lit doorbell. I mean, if you're smacking will, your hands against I will, I will say that you probably... The, Backing on the door is more effective than ringing a doorbell. Well, and, and, and I will say that a, 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 a potted plant getting thrown at... Your window where you're sleeping, where your bed's probably right under that, will probably wake you up sooner than the doorbell will. I mean, I, 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 I can't. I don't know what seventies doorbell technology that. is, but you think you'd, you'd hammer door, you'd hammer you'd hammer that doorbell. It's a, a big house. Times, you think? Wow, that's not even my nitpick. That was mine. I, I think you, you, you had the doorbell one too. Yeah, uh, no, not the doorbell. Uh, Just why would you run to where the fucking kids are? Run well, to someone else. I mean, she, she, she is the babysitter. Well, she goes somewhere well, else if he's well, going to follow Well, she's you. an attentive babysitter. She has to protect the kids. She has to <laughs> but, protect but she, well, I mean, protecting the but kids. She, but she did go to a neighbor's house and they told totally... they, they, they basically shut her down. They go did. to more neighbor's houses. I would have definitely been screaming and breaking right. everybody's door. Don't sure. bring him to the kids. Yeah, that but you know, it, you know, more people to kill. You know, maybe I get away. You know, I don't know. Maybe, oh, jeez. Oh, the slowest runner is, you know. I'm the same. All you That's have to right. do, all you have to be Chris, is faster than been the slowest. Up against the wall. I'd be, I'd be knifed <laughs> through my chest, through the crack in the wall. <laughs> the crack in the I'd be hanging there, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, this actually can hold." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, right, but I, I'd be looking down the knife, being like, "Wow, this shockingly, it works." <laughs> let's, let's, like, let's, Chris, let's you do the do the nitpicks. We put all the nitpicks to rest okay. here, and then we can. Did, on, I have one. I'm going to encompass it all in one. Okay. As she's being attacked by Michael Myers more than once, she gets him. He, he, he falls down, appearing dead more than once. And both times, she just kind of throws the weapon down. Ah, done deal. All good now. She I can relax. Well, She's 17. A classic hard troll. Come it's, on. It's, it's a classic hard troll. It's but horrible. Yeah, this is... She's 17. You put, you she's put a 17-year-old high school girl in life or death situation. She feels like she's never murdered anybody. Right. She's she not feels, a trained killer. She feels like this needle in the, in the neck was probably good enough. Cramp. And there was like three inches Cramp. of blood on the knitting needle. No, but, but I'm saying, then you relax on the couch for a few. You take a, take a little a little rest. Well, what I'm saying is... Run the fuck. Get the kids. Run out of there, dude. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Then she does it again a second time. So... She hasn't seen as many horror movies as you, Chris. Right? You know, yeah, it's, like it's it's, 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 it's it goes back to the Aaron, I promise you, if you try to kill me and I get you down the ground, I'm either gonna finish you off or I'm gonna run away. It doesn't matter how many horror movies I've seen. Twenty twenty logic, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it is it is, but it's it's one of those things where you are you are right, but it's hard to know what exactly 
You she's seventeen. It's, and it's like you know, it's like it's like these people that's like, oh, there's a mass shooter. I'm just going to tackle them. Right. Well, you don't know what the fuck you're going to okay, do. Okay, so at a here's movie here's one that I, this is how I can kind of address this nitpick because this is an obvious nitpick in it. And anyone who's ever played defense in basketball understands that you don't turn your back on the person you're defending. Well, right, right, right. Sure. But, so, but I mean, Mr. But, Miyagi has taught us that but, for many years. But, but, but there are two shots in this movie that the creepiness of them holds up so perfectly. First one is 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 separate, and that's where she sees the tombstone in the bed, yeah. and the kitchen's in the room, yeah. and she's there. When and she, then his the, face, the, that's his face appears in the closet. That's the Boy, best shot. That's the I best shot. I watched it again today. I'm like, God, that's so it's the good. best fucking. Like, it's just so, so good. It's so black. It's that's, perfect. That's impervious yep. to the nitpicking because that's just her seeing this. Yep. The second one is her with her back to the victim, with her back to the killer. He's laying down. She has her back to him. You're yeah. sitting there. How could you turn your back to him? He's already jumped to it. But him sitting up. On the Undertaker. Yeah, sitting up. The, uh, yeah, the Undertaker. It adopted. looks great. That's, like, that's my shot. It's such a cool visual. So good. So, so I, I can suspend any disbelief just to get that because shot. And that's what because it's I also, worth it. And I also yeah. think we're, we're expecting some rational thought in a very irrational situation. Yeah. But I think that maybe the guy that's gotten three or four times, we don't turn our back to him. You know, maybe sure. We just, maybe we at least they don't sure get the cool Undertaker set up. That's, that's, that was really my thing. I'm not saying yeah. she should take take and stab him in the head 50 times. Just get well, the hell out of the That probably would have like, been a good move. <laughs> well, that yeah. should definitely have been done. Although, yeah. you know, who yeah. knows if that would have worked. But yeah. just get oh, get out of there. Don't, you know, like you said, don't just, like, relax now. Like, But every horror movie that's ever been made, who doesn't yell at the screen and go, don't go in there, don't go up yeah, there, well, that's, get out of there. I mean, and, that's part and, of the job. And I have to, uh, uh, you know, give another shout-out to Scream. Is they make fun of that stuff so well in that yeah. movie? Like yeah. that—that's what makes that movie so great. It's mm-hmm. Like they really take all of these tropes that were like, and that's part of the yeah. art of the genre, though. You yeah. want that's you want that reaction of the audience. You right. want them saying, "Why are you doing this?" What, that's what. But it doesn't does have to be for. that obviously like but, ridiculous. You know, yeah. horror movies are about <laughs> reaction. What it is? Yeah. They horror, want the reaction. Horror movies about feeling things, right? That's why we like them. They make us feel things that hopefully in real life. Being murdered isn't a thing that's happening to you. We're all yeah. They make you sport. react, right? That's, and it's, it brings you. It brings, it brings you. Back, it brings back to cavemen mentality, right? It's yeah. it's a primal yeah. thing, but your brain knows you're actually safe, so you can feel those fight it's or like, flight while like, feeling like, safe like, at the same time. Yeah, it's like roller coasters. I get it. I, I, I and I, I do think it needs to be said too that part of the goal of making one of these movies is you want the audience member. To feel superior to the people on screen, that's you want them to go. Well, I would never do this. Right, that's and, a great that's point. Part yeah, of, yeah. That's part of the medium there. Yep. That's a great I point, agree. Karen. You, 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 you hit me where it hurt there. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's you're right. It, part of part of it is being like, how stupid is that? Like, why would they do? And I'm I'm falling for it. I know right. exactly yeah. what you you know. And that's the fun of these movies. That's why horror movies are not an October-based medium. They're all year round because they are always fun. They always make you feel something different. I like them. I like the. I love the genre. I just sometimes I yeah I look at it from a a logical prism, and sometimes you just have to suspend that. Right, and that's the thing. They're they're irrational. They're illogical situations, and we have to you know it's fun to say what would I do? Sure, that's right. And I know a couple of us have mentioned their favorite shots here in this one. And mine is is real is really simply the end of them looking over the balcony and him. Yeah, there. I mean yeah. that's just that's just that's, and then the, that's just incredible. That, like, what the fuck? That that brings me to a, a question I wanted to pose to Grant specifically. What do you th- do you think Michael Myers is a supernatural in some way? No, okay. I I don't think so. I think 
So how I, can you I, explain? I, I don't I don't know. He got he gets shot at six times. You it falls know. off a balcony. Well, yeah, well, I guess his point is he gets shot at. He's not saying he did it necessarily. We don't know how good Loomis is as a shot. Right. So I'm he got saying. hit a few times at least. Right? Yeah, sure. Imagine. But he could, he could have got clipped in the shoulder. He could have got you know like. Didn't Fifty Cent get shot like seventy six? That, that, that's not a once nine times, but that wasn't a once. I don't think Bob Marley got shot and survived. So it's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility that the guy could survive all of that. Okay. You know, I I I, I think if you when you just start talking about supernatural stuff, I feel like that's when I start hating shit. Well, Grant, that's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is the, you you can't fault people for wondering that. Oh no, I know, and I, I don't think I think he was. I think you know what? It, it, this happens in real life. Right? Then they say like, isn't the expression like evil takes longer to die? Well, yeah, cool. Like that's like you know they they talk Very about cool. the, these these guys on death row that they need like three rides right. in the electric chair just to kill them. Okay. You know, I, I feel like there are just some people that are just built different. Okay. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of this movie, like how Laurie got kind of tracked by him, even how she, she didn't survive because of skill. Everything's luck, right? So it could have just been luck. Yeah. yeah. Well, right? it's, it's, fate, it's fate that Loomis came when he did. And, right. And, and, sure. Now, you're a big fan of the Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. Is Jason not very supernatural? I mean, in the, uh, first, I in the first four, he's... Well, the first three. Three. He's not right. even in the He just had been yeah. surviving in the woods? Is yeah, that he's, he's kind of a man of the woods. The first three movies, he's immortal. Okay. Then he, he dies and in he four. Then he goes to Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, two years later. Well, he, well, he, so, he, so he gets... Jason X is... So he gets... So at the end of four, he gets killed. He gets, like, hacked repeatedly in the head by, like, by Corey Feldman. Sorry for anyone who's devastated that we spoiled Friday the Thirteenth. Part four, four is but, really oh, good. But I got Part now. Four. I really please have watch to see four. It. Four, is, <laughs> four, is, four is really good. Crispin Glover's in it. It's great. Oh, um, CG. Um, but then, and the fifth one is a copycat. The sixth one, he gets resurrected, and then from then on, he is a zombie. What's here. the one he's like walking around the streets of New York? That's, that's, that's New York. York. That's eight. Let's say that movie is like an hour and 20 minutes. I feel like he's in New York for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> it's majority, it should be it's, called Jason on a Cruise. Jason on, yeah. Who okay. took Manhattan better, Jason or the Muppets? The Muppets. The Muppets, yeah, yeah by far. Okay, so great. There's a great thug scene when, with heroin or some sort of drugs that Jason takes Manhattan that I just love. Yeah. Okay, so I have no, Okay, while we're on this... Okay. You're a big Friday the 13th fan. Yeah, you're not. Are you not a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan? Um, I'm more. Of, I I don't dislike the movies. I just I just like I like one better. I like yeah. For, for some reason, I just like the bluntness of it better. It's just like and for some reason, well, it's a just, little more simplistic than. Uh, oh yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street has a has a fairly complicated storyline. Yeah, and, no, which no. I which I was what I like and and the and. Freddie is he's Much. not a simple character no, no. at all. He he's he's a more complicated no, character. Which you yeah. through the you know, movies. Like, yeah. More complicated I, story. No, I'm, I'm not I am not ragging on, on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street at all. I I think they're I think they're great movies. It's just I for some reason I just responded to the Friday the thirteenth more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. I yeah. I, I, I wonder your opinion. You you know a lot about this. Stuff, yeah, it's so. it's it's one of those things growing up, you're either a Jason guy or a Freddy guy. Right. That's absolutely always, right. And I was I always would a be Jason. A more Freddy. I was always I'm a Jason big, guy. I'm a big Freddy guy. So I like the Wes Craven style. I like better. the humor in it. I like the yeah. t- the the complicated nature of the storyline. You know, there's a there's a lot but again, it's, big it's one of those things where I was talking about where like you get the supernatural element and it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I just think the highs... I ultimately am a Jason guy, but I think with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh. 
one, three, and a new nightmare are all better than the best Jason movie. I mean, why do you say that you're more of a Jason guy? Just the character. I think they're more consistent in how much I like them. So you like the character of Jason better, but you like just the movies. The, the, I think the lows of Nightmare on Elm Street movies are, take, bad. are bad yeah, that okay. take me out, where I think Jason stays at an even keel, even though I think those three are better than any Jason movie. Those, the Jason, if that makes the, sense. The, the Friday the 13th movies are just... They're... They're straightforward. They're dumb. <laughs> they're dumb movies, they're but fun, they're a lot of easy. fun to watch. Yeah. But, I mean, New Nightmare doesn't... Scream doesn't happen if New Nightmare doesn't work. Yeah. Wes Craven has said this. That's a fact. Yeah. That's not... Well, it, that, that New Nightmare, pretty much, it didn't do well. Obviously, it wasn't right. successful. But they... It gave him the juice to get, to right. get well, Scream like, on it's it. Like, exactly. It's basically what Morning McFly said. Like, oh, you guys aren't ready for this, but your kids are going to love it. Yep. Yeah. yeah like, that's yeah, basically yeah, what yeah. Scream was. So, we're going to talk awards. Uh, we're going to do our awards for Halloween, the BPC Awards. And before we do that, though, we're, we're going to do a segment where we pick a movie that we, if you like this movie that you just watched, that we just discussed, a movie that we'd recommend. So the four of us are going to go on a different route. We're going to be spoiler free. So don't worry here. We bring it up. We're not going to, we're not going to go through plot points or, or endings or finisher, finishers or anything like that. So no spoils there. I do want to say before we do that, though, that we are recording this episode uh, game one of the World Series 2020 this year. And the reason why that is relevant, um, other than if the Braves had won and we're in the World Series, we wouldn't be recording tonight because no. I'd be home watching. And this whole thing would have gotten way more complicated. <laughs> There's always next year. Uh, last year, we recorded the first episode of BPC at Game yeah. 7 of the World Series. So it's, oh, it's cool. been, we've come full circle here. That's where, fantastic. Yeah, episode 1 departed, me and Artie, uh, Game 7 of the World Series between the Nationals and the Astros. Uh, we recorded the Depart episode, and here we are a year later, recording uh, awesome. a, a tournament-winning episode. Who would have thought we were even doing any of this? Right. You know, the, I'm with the three guys that would then go on to do episode two, three, and four. Yep. So, uh, very cool. It's just cool to kind of look at the things. Now, that episode wouldn't air until February. It was in the can for a little while trying to figure out how we're going to approach this thing. But it's it's a, a year later, it's very cool to see what we've done over the year amongst all the other crazy things that went on. This was truly something that, that I enjoyed. I know that you guys... Um, I've been a big part of it. Too. Absolutely. So, oh, yes. love it. This is the yeah. best thing that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> no, no. Thank no. God your wife doesn't listen. <laughs> That's true. She does not listen. No, Mine um, either. Don't worry. It, um, no, honestly, with like with this whole quarantine thing ha- that, we, that we've been through, this actually helped me a lot with keeping my mind occupied 100%. and all that stuff. So, yeah. It's just been fantastic to do this and do this with these guys. And it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. So we're going to do our, our new segment now. And uh, would anyone like to go first? A movie that if you liked Halloween, if you watched Halloween, listened to us talk about it, where you'd go next? Grant's going to go first. Um, well, for a few reasons, I would pick um, John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. And, um, you know, because they, they watch The Thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, John Carpenter's version of The Thing is awesome. It's, Kurt a, it's Kurt Russell, Keith David, Wolford Brimley. It's just, it's a you know group of you don't know what it's about. It's a group of uh, scientists that go to Antarctica uh, for research, and they encounter this um, this alien, alien, I guess. And um, you know it's about isolation, paranoia, and it's just and scored again by Carpenter. It's yeah. another Dean Cundey classic. Dean Cunningham, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and some and some of the best um, 
some of the best practical effects you'll ever see in a movie. It's fantastic. Uh, cool. Yeah, uh, my brother Brendan B. You've heard in previous episodes one of his favorite movies. It's great. I just watched some uh, the Eli Roth show yeah. on Am- uh, AMC, and they were talking about it. And I, I literally put it on my list because it looks. It's wow, so looks good. Amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's so a really good. impressive movie. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a lot. It's a lot like Predator in a way, where it's just like a, it's just like a group of guys. Only it's only it's a lot more cerebral. Yeah. But it's it's a group of guys isolated uh, fighting against some unknown thing. Yeah. It's cool. It's great. I only saw it for the first time about a year ago. Oh, it's so good. And I mean, you might have told me about it. I don't even know. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I remember watching. I was blown away. I watched it again within a week because just to watch it again. Yeah, it was another one I watched during quarantine this year. Yeah, it's great. Really, watch really fantastic movie. Uh, Joey, next. So I, I have two. One's quick. Uh, one, the 2018 Halloween. I would recommend because it kind of. Okay. Cool. Recons all the other sequels and brings it back, and I think it does really good. That's the Kenny Powers one. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was one of the writers. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just think it really does justice to as like a true sequel to the original. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good. But um, the main one is actually it's something I saw many many years ago in like sixth grade. I think I was able to track it back to. I, I watched it again today. Um, it's a John Carpenter movie. They live. Oh, it's a great one. Yeah. Roddy, um, Roddy Piper. Roddy yeah. Piper. Super relevant today. A lot of th- – you know, we're not spoiling anything, so I'm keeping – so it's just very relevant with, you know – Subliminal advertising? Yeah, subliminal <laughs> advertising. But, you know, just classism, racism, how we kind of look at things, how sure. we people – it's just a really – How we're manipulated. Yep. Yeah. It's just a really – and it, honestly – it's less than an hour and a half. I enjoyed every single second of Roddy Piper just throwing out absurd one-liners with a <laughs> promo in the middle. It's, it's, just, a, it's a cool movie. Yeah. yeah. And has the iconic yes. fight scene. Yeah. Of I mean, just the absurdly long... South Park. Not just ripped off, but reenacted, re-enacted. move for yeah, move, yeah, like Timmy versus Timmy. Timmy. Versus Jimmy. It, was yeah, supposed yeah, to, it was supposed to be like 30 seconds, and it turned into... They acted out... All the, sh- all the, except for face and groin, they really were hitting each other. It's so funny. It's, and, you know, Roddy Piper's line, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah. Great. Just Great. fantastic. Oh my God. Is, and that's what they use in um, uh, Days and Confused, right? Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, that's cool. Uh, Chris. All right. I went a little different route. These guys went with uh, John Carpenter's, John Carpenter stuff. Um, this is a movie that I pushed multiple times throughout my life. It's an interesting one. It's called Wolf Creek. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's basically, you know, Australian movie, right? It is. It is. It, it, it's, it's a bunch of kids being stalked by a, a you know, a killer in the outback. So that, that, that's as much as I'll give. But, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of a similar kids are trying to survive this, this maniac. Yeah. Uh, and it really is Outrageous. Based, it's actually based on a on a real uh, serial killer that did, did this kind of thing. It's frightening in a way that you can't explain. You know, it it's kind of like Blair Witch, where like there's you're lost in the woods and you just can't find your way out. But there's an actual maniac chasing you, and it's it's awesome. So uh, very cool. It's one yeah. of those ones that I just think most people haven't heard of, and I always want to bring uh, bring somebody into it. That's great. Right. I've heard nothing but good things about this. Awesome, yeah. awesome yeah. stuff. Right. Well, okay, cool. So, um, so mine is a movie I watched for the first time this week. It's uh, from a franchise that we talked quite a bit about already today. And I thought it matched nicely here because it, to um, this point in time, has capped off uh, a franchise that was born out of this movie, Halloween. And it's Scream 4. Uh, it's the fourth installment of the Scream series. 
I had never seen it. It came out in 2011. It just, uh, when it came out, I just was not interested. And it was 11 years after the third one. I didn't like the third one at all. And it just passed on it. And this week, I'm like, oh, I've never seen it. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Threw it on. And I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Okay. It was it was just well cast. It brings back the key players uh, from from the previous ones that, that are relevant. And you know what? It's it was just a lot of fun, and it reignited the mystery element of the first one, okay. where that got a little lost in two and three, because they had to. They were they knew that you were going to try to surprise you, so they had to go wacky with it. You do not have to have seen Scream Two or Scream Three to watch it. If you've seen the original Scream, you can go straight to four. And have fun with it. Okay. Uh, it, it's got a great cast. In addition to uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, and Ed Campbell, you have Hayden Penitieri. I never oh, quite know yeah. how to say the name. Mm-hmm. Close S- enough. Yeah. Isn't uh, Emma, Emma Roberts? Is Emma Roberts in that? Uh, and Emma Roberts, yeah, okay. yeah, from Swing Queens and American Horror Stories, and that as well. Right. Hayden Penitieri has a regrettable haircut. She goes the Anne Hesh style, but other than <laughs> that, you know, we, of course, you know, it's, I think it's one of those. It's like. You're so hot that you have to find a way to make yeah, yourself right. a little less hot. She, she's from uh, Heroes, right? Uh, yes. Heroes and Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, among other things. But really, really fun movie. Easy watch, fun, doesn't drag at any point. You pop it on, you're in it the okay. whole time. And totally stays within the spirit of the series. I think it's one of Wes Craven's last directed movies. I think it was, was his last, last one. It was yeah. his last oh, one. Oh, wow. And, okay. and does, a, does a great job. Well directed. Everything. So that's there we go. Um, I, I do have an honor, honorable mention, um, and it's a, a Halloween-themed movie that you saw recently, mm-hmm. and I think, Chris, you saw recently, yep. and as Trick or Treat. Trick oh, or Treat. it's awesome. And trick it, or Treat. Trick or Treat. Yeah. If you want, if you're looking for a movie that really captures the spirit of Halloween, this is a movie that you you want to watch. It's, yeah. it's an anthology movie about <laughs> interconnected stories on the same night on Halloween, and it's it, it's the pulp too. it's the pulp fiction of horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the way, way, style, I would say it's the Sin City of uh, yeah, 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 Sin that's City. Is another better, it's yeah. so cool. I, I honestly, it looks ridiculous if you just look at the you know the the image of it. Yeah. But then when you actually see it, you're it's like, really oh wow, cool. this is not what I expected it to be. Yeah, it's and there's a lot of great stars in it. Brian yeah. Cox and a bunch of great people. Adam Hackman. Adam Hackman. It's good stuff. So. All right, so those are our recommends. Those are our Halloween-themed recommends. We're going to do this uh, at every episode at the end of the movie, whatever, whether it's Ben-Hur or Gladiator. I should have picked a better theme. But, <laughs> but uh, whatever the movie might be, we're going to do this anyway. Okay, so we're up to the BPC Awards, and we're going to start with MVP. Uh, Chris, we'll have we'll Chris go first. MVP. Uh, MVP. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's John Carpenter, the guy who wrote the score. Mm-hmm. Not not the director. The composer. The composer, not not the director. Without the score, the movie doesn't work in any way. And I and you know, while it was influenced by other things, I, I it's it's the minute you hear it, you know what what we're what we're you're watching or how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. And I just think it's brilliant. And it's pretty impressive that he he was able to do that on his own. You know, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to go next. Okay. Uh, because I have word for word the exact MVP. Oh. John Carpenter, oh. specifically for the work that he did on the score. Oh, okay. The whole 5 4 timing thing, really smart, yeah, really awesome. cool. Just the, the way it was set up. What I mean, a brilliant I, I talent. Thought it was like. Oscar award worthy. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's and a travesty. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and I did look at, at uh, some other ones that were up. And really, a lot of them are Oscar Beatty type movies. But one notable one was our boy John Williams. 
for Superman, which is a, 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 wow. a pretty damn good score. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah, didn't that, win. Didn't yeah. win. Like I don't know, like a man sitting in a pond one. Like, <laughs> like, um, someone's gonna be like, "That was a great movie. It was well scored." Um, but because my MVP was taken, I do want to give a little shout out. Because Grant took dial back and didn't didn't go Dean Cundy heavy with this episode after fully mm. praising him last week. <laughs> I, I took a step. You I took mean, a step. I, back. I said everything. But the I cinematography in this is amazing. Really, fantastic. Really the, the, use, awesome. the use of space in yep. this movie is um, is unparalleled. Yeah, just to seeing him constantly in the background looming is just perfect. Awesome, awesome. stuff. And, and it's all unsettling because it's off center. It's yeah, just really really, really cool. It draws some fame from its POV from the killer. And like Mike Myers in the car, and the and the you know his his view of them for this, but there's a, a scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is walking up the stairs of the house, and they show her, and then you give her POV of just what the hallway would look like from her eyes, yeah, and it really puts the audience in that scene as like, okay, this is pretty effing creepy right now, yeah. like, like, and this is what you would see, like, are you is he behind that door? Is he behind that door? Right. Where, what's good? It's dark. It's quiet. It's weird. It's creaking. Like. So I, I thought he really does a masterful job. The here. cinematography really sets the tone for the unease that you're supposed to feel. Totally. I mean, it just they never feels safe. Yeah, it's so or great. settled. You can't get yeah. settled, which no. is great. Because the camera's never really settled. Right. Yeah. There's so many long takes yeah. on this. They're, they're not like super long where, you know, it's... But it, they're long enough where they, you, really just, you really stay with the characters for a long time. And it's really effective. Yeah. yeah. And um, there was a ton of Dean Cundy... Praise going on in a Roadhouse episode. You know yeah. what? Unsung hero of Roadhouse. Hey, and we and we talked about his work with Jurassic Park and Back to the Future and <laughs> Apollo thirteen, and we really talked about. It. However, I did you know after we did the the great praising of Dean Cundey, we did regret to bring up that he's also done such masterful works as Flubber, Looney Tunes Returns with Brendan Fraser. The Garfield movie where Bill Murray got tricked into thinking the Coen brothers were directing it when it was a different Joel Coen. Uh, that's great. And I've heard that everyone's potential pick for the worst movie made, Jack and Jill. Yeah. So in the last 20 years, he's done some pretty good movies. The guy, the guy needs movies. to pay his bills as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like those, alimony jobs, those, bro. Those are, those are paycheck movies, and I'm fine with that. Uh, it's the one for you, one and, for and them. I, and I, and I yeah, was, but there's two decades of one for you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I one for I no one. This, no one. No, I will say this: no one's ever criticized the cinematography of Jack and Jill. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, good point. I'm gonna go in. There's gonna be POVs all over yeah. the place. Like, oh, Jesus. Uh, so, so uh, great. Uh, my MVP because John Carpenter has been taken twice. I'm gonna say Donald Pleasance. Okay. I think his uh, his acting brings a lot of gravity to the movie. Um, they, they they brought it. He's like the free agent you bring in. He does exactly what you need, need him to do. He um yeah. I, I just think he knocks it out of the park. I think he's great. Yeah, I mean to argue, disagree. He, yeah, he, he's fantastic. Yeah. He embraced those five days of filming amazingly. He, like he, he would. He, he owned it. He said he said he wouldn't make Halloween movies for the next twenty years if he if he had like he he, he loved did, he loved did doing he? yeah he, yeah. he yeah. made Halloween movies he was movies. in a bunch of them yeah, yeah. he made yeah. Halloween movies until he died yeah he was yeah. in six of them or five he, five he wasn't in three but he was in every Michael Myers Halloween movie yeah and a note on um, the score too is Pleasant said he took the role because his daughter who was in like a, a UK rock and roll band loved the score of Carpenter's previous movie yeah. 
Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, yeah. And, which yeah. is a really uh, good and score. He's like, oh, oh, he did. He does great scores. You gotta, you gotta go. You know, you gotta cool. work with him. And that's why he took the gig. Uh, that's and, a cool movie too. And, and, yeah, and then he went in there and really made the character his own and added so much to it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a great choice for MVP. Yeah, cool. uh, Joe. I have Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie. I think she's yeah. just. I think great. just fantastic. I think dude, somebody needed to say that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think just an important person in horror movies moving forward. Hell yeah. Sure. The original Sprinkly. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think that, that matters. and Yeah. yeah. LVP, Chris, I'm going to have you go first again because I think that you've probably voiced this already here. Uh, you know what? I might surprise you here. Okay. As, as much as I disliked Annie because she's a jerk off. Like, I just don't like her. I was glad to see her go. Uh, but I will say hair conditioner is the LVP <laughs> of this movie. All of, their, all of the women in the, in the movie have hair that's unruly, has no body to it at all. It's very frizzy. $300,000 could it go to hair. I mean, they, could, they couldn't... They, come on. They couldn't hire... They couldn't... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's whole wardrobe cost they, less than 100 bucks. They didn't have yeah. any budget for some, some nice... Per plus. Per plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, give me a break. I mean, the hair is kicking in the entire movie, especially Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, no, think, no wonder just, she doesn't have a guy that wants to come over. I, I, mean, I think the I, best hair in the movie was Michael Myers himself. Absolutely. <laughs> the William Shatner mask. Absolutely. You know? So, yeah, that's, that's my pick. Hair conditioner. Oof. The hair is rough. Yeah, my LVP is... It's weird, because I like it... I like when this happens sometimes, but I feel like they did it too much when they had, like... Little music stings when you see Michael Myers. I feel like sometimes it was a little bit obvious. Like there was a time where he, specifically when he climbed on the, the car in the beginning of the movie, it was like some weird, like, sounded like an alien kind of sound effect. So they had like, they had some certain things like that, and it was. So you get on the sound team? A little bit. It was, it was, uh, some, some of it was a little bit distracting. Wow, it's a BPC first. Actually, no, I think you got on the sound team on the Rocky episode too. I, did. I don't think that you made him the LVP, but you called him out. I did call him out. I'm a sound guy. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right. Okay. So it's it's a little it's a little weak sauce, but that's just kind of what stood out to me. Yeah, I, I kind of had a tough time pinpointing an LVP in this. I did too. too. Yeah. Tricky. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did too. I went with Lindsay, Always the little loved. girl that Annie was babysitting. I just imagined that they couldn't cast anybody, and they just asked for one of the photographer's daughters, and they picked the least interesting child oh, yeah. on earth. She like, was. She's off, fucking, she was Brutal. She was awful. Like, why would that person... Like, her parents putting her on screen should be a CPS call. Like, it was abusive <laughs> about how... Like, it's just like, oh, look, my per- my daughter has zero personality. Yeah. Let's fucking... Let's uh, present it to the world. Like, it's just not fair. It's terrible parenting, and they should be in trouble. That because... was a kid that just got sat in front of the TV their entire lives and just didn't have anything yeah, nothing. going on. Yeah, I mean, oh, you're stuck in the window. Uh, there, like, she did have, all right, she fucking sucked. She did have a great, a great moment though, when you know, when she was like, "Don't tell anyone about this." You know, her baby she was like, "Don't, don't tell anyone about this," and she immediately tells her. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that is the one cool. See, I don't did. even think that was being a precocious kid. I think she was just so <laughs> unaware head. of the world. She was just. This is what it is. <laughs> we, she's just a fucking moron. We may need to rename rename the LVP award the Joey R LVP. <laughs> you win that every time. There's just you just always let one character just bother the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it happens every time I watch a movie in my life, and now I finally have an outlet. We for call it. it the Joey R Under the Skin Award. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I was I was bouncing between 
between the women and Linda, Linda, and and then I kind of was like, you know what? They actually bring incredible value because they are supposed to annoy the shit out of you, and they're supposed to get murdered. So it's like kind of like where I think that's part of the horror trope is is that the ones that go have to kind of has to be like a part of you that's like, okay, ah, you know what? Get her. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, I I do kind of think and and. Well, I think Linda was the blonde. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I thought she was a brutal actress. I thought she was brutal. I thought that Anne was actually not bad. I thought she was actually a pretty good actress. I thought she did. She had like she had pretty good moments of delivery and, and figured it out. Uh, it, but Anne was dating Dennis Quaid in real life. Yes. Oh yeah. They were so, married. Yeah. So well, you no, have, no, no, no. I think there was dating no, at the time. No, P.J. Souls was married. Dennis Quaid. P.J. Souls played uh, played Linda. Yeah. Right. Okay, I said Anne, I meant Linda. Okay, so okay. P.J. Souls was dating uh, Quaid. And that brings some value. You know, you bring in a movie star to I mean, the she, debut. She was, she was in Carrie. That was early on in Quaid's she career. She was in Stripes. Yeah, she was, yeah, but before that she was she was in Carrie. Yeah, so, she yeah, so you have a little bit yeah, of, little bit of clout there. So I, 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 I see some value. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct my attention toward Mr. Brackett. Uh, Officer Brackett, if you yeah. Yeah, he wasn't great. I agree. And and Grant, I know that he's you, my honorable you mention. Brought up good points in his scenes being important. That character could have been more fleshed out. The scenes are good because of Loomis, not him. Right. That's that's right. right. And that's his presence is important, but that could have been a more fleshed out character, mm-hmm. and you could have fleshed it out and kept it within the the ninety minute format, and not had to have him overact or anything. And I thought that the just. Maybe a better casting selection, which I'll get to. You might like my recast. Uh, Okay. And I had trouble with the recast, and I did recast him, too. Before we we move on, I have one honorable honorable mention. Well, that's uh, an award. LVP. Uh, Oh, honorable mention LVP. LVP. Let's have it. Okay, ready? (laughs) (laughs) The window of the car that Michael Myers' open palm smashes (laughs) on the top of the roof of the car. Uh, Dude, what happened to that mir- that that window, man? Like, uh, come on! I will say this in defense of this. <laughs> he has always, I no, like no, no, Greg. He always has defense of everything. This is no, this it's is great. something that happened to me, IRL. So I'm I'm in a I'm in a car and um, it's like before or after a movie. I'm, I'm in the parking lot and I see a spider walking across the windshield, and I go to I hit it with the back of my hand on my windshield because I think it was on the inside. And I cracked the window. You did? Yeah. And it was turned out that spider was on the outside anyway. What? But yeah, it's like it wasn't like didn't like shatter, but like it's it had a little spider web thing. Are you sure you don't have superpowers that we're not aware of? I mean, I don't want to confirm nor deny. You know how hard it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you a story. I tried to break a window. I locked my keys in my car. I had I tried to break a window one time in my in my Jeep. Yeah. And I had a giant rock. And I couldn't break the window with a giant rock over and well, over maybe again. Maybe you're just a giant pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that that's got to be the only explanation. Or you're a superhero. Yeah. I don't know. Right. So I, I I think what and also Michael Myers is supposed to have this. He's supposed to be very strong. Okay. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's it's a weak it's a weak window. Horror movie, horror movie stroke. Yeah. The weather weakened it. It's a, it's a state vehicle. <laughs> That's not a bad. Seventies phone cord strong. Seventy car windows Listen, weak. State. That's yeah. Seven. Now we know. Participation yeah. awards. I I gave you mine after my MVP was the this the the cinematography. Yeah. yeah I'll go Cundy too. Yeah. Yeah. So Cundy both in the per, the uh, the participation yeah, awards. That's my that's my favorite. One of my favorite things besides the score. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like we're in. Yeah. So we're all gonna yeah. anyone else. I mean, we can always, you know, we, we 
talk about Pleasance's yeah, shirt. Loomis shirt was my other one. I think he's yeah. seen in the movies we discussed. Kind of, do you want to proclaim it? Uh, I think let's proclaim yeah. it. Well, my my scene in the movie is also has my favorite quote. So I just not come on that. The this point where Loomis and Brackett are talking, and Loomis scares the kids away, you because know, uh, you know the kids run to the door. The Michael Myers says, "Like, hey." Get out of there, I'll kick your ass, you know? Yeah, and he, and he kind of smiles to himself. He's like, yeah, he's kind of getting in the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. Um, Loomis says to Brackett, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, looking past the wall, looking at this night, inhumanly patient, waiting for some secret, silent alarm to trigger him off. Death has come to your t- little town, Sheriff. Now you can either ignore it or you can help me to stop it. Cool. I, I, I think that that passage is is great and it's delivered beautifully and that's a scene that because it's hard with this movie because there's there's like everything is so choppy mm-hmm. that it's hard to call something a scene especially right. when it comes to like war and all that moments. stuff. It's just, yeah, it's like it was like this thirty second scene or that right. thirty second. But however many words, just does so much to it's tell you what's going on. Yeah. So my scene is basically all of the daytime stalking scenes. I just yeah, I, I thought that was really well done. It, it, made, it gave me the feels. It gave me all the the scary feels. Mm-hmm. Like there's a guy around every corner. You know, yeah, he's he's right, right there. The boogeyman. Um, Later on at the end, you know, when, when uh, Laurie is just like, what, was that the boogeyman? And he's like, as a matter of fact, it was. That's yeah. my runner up. That was my runner up. I, I just thought that was like to the point, yeah. just effective, like, yeah. It just works. It was. And, and yeah. I also love to when, you know, she's got the kids and she's like, is, is, the boogie, is the boogeyman gone? She's like, yeah, he's gone. And Michael's coming up the stairs. The kid's like, what the fuck's that over there? boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be lying to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see one right there. Yeah. So we, we zipped, <laughs> kind of zipped through the honorable mention, the participation award a little bit. We haven't mentioned this this guy, and I did want to uh, shout him out. Uh, Mustafa Akkad, who is the, uh, one of the producers okay. on this, who was the main money man behind right. this. And John Carpenter oh. came up to him with with the project, was so passionate. He's like, I, you know, he's really firing up. He's like, I... I just need I need three hundred thousand dollars. Give me three hundred thousand dollars. I can I can do this. We can do this whole project. And Makai's got this guy in his office, and he's like, "Well, this guy's really into this." And he was working on an SLO, Sir Lawrence Olivier, mm-hmm. a, um, I love this a BBC story. favorite. He's currently working on an SLO movie that's costing him three hundred thousand dollars a day. And he's like, <laughs> "If I'm spending all this money on this movie, and this guy's this passionate about one movie, I'll give him three hundred thousand yeah. dollars." And the movie was obviously. Like, Considered one of the best, most successful indie movies of all time. Sure. And because of that, he got involved with every single Halloween reincarnation after that, up until the zombie one, Rob Zombie remake, which he was going to be involved with as well. Unfortunately, he died in a, a terrorist attack right. in Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I think he was in his mid-70s. Uh, and they had to delay the production of the Rob Zombie uh, movie because of that. But um, definitely deserves a shout-out you know, sure. yeah. for, for, for financing it. Taking, really. taking a chance yeah. on it, yeah. Scene of the movie for me, I mean, I said it the very start, it's the first from the, from the opening credits with the, the pumpkin uh, straight through uh, to, to the reveal of uh, Michael Myers as, as a kid. I just thought the beginning is perfect. It's great. You know, we, we talked about the little moment at the end with the kid's facial expression. Maybe you want to take that percentage out on the perfect scale, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I really just enjoy that so much. I, when a movie gets me to watch its opening credits intently... 
and there's really not that it's much going on. It's right. so good, and the music yeah. and the music is yeah. is so much part of that. Like, scene in the closet when she's in there and he's breaking through. That's you know, we didn't mention that, and that's yeah. an iconic scene. Yeah, that, sure. that, that gets me every time when I yeah. think of the movie. That's where my mind goes. That was so yeah. terrible. Well said. So ne- claustrophobic. Never hide in the closet, man. There's right. Where else to go? Like, you're done. That, but that's just, that, you're putting all your chips on the table if you're going in the closet. I mean, right. that's it. You better hope. She, she opens the window to fool him, right? Is that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Just jump out the window. Yeah. That yeah. Luckily, that, that was well built doors, or Probably else that would have been a disaster. Want, she didn't want to leave the house, though. Leave the house. Oh, always the kids are in there. Ladies and gentlemen, always leave the house. Like, <laughs> never stay in the house. It's never a good idea. You with like, your 2020 logic. I know, right? What an idiot. <laughs> oh, no, I think the the I hindsight, that, man. Yeah, they've, they've made horror movies that show that that doesn't work either. You know, they've covered all the stops now. Yeah, I know. You're, you're done. Just forget it. That's it. But yeah, that's my favorite scene. That's a great scene. So yeah. we get into now the uh, Time Machine recast, where we take uh, anyone from any point in time, put them into this movie in whatever role we choose. You may even recast your MVP, although most people are guilty of that aren't here with us today. You may even stick Steve Harvey in the movie, although most people who do that are not with us today. <laughs> At least today nobody's LVP was an MVP. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. We, we've been pretty airtight thus far. I'll start. As always, I, I recast my LVP because if you're on my, my LVP, fuck you. <laughs> Um, Harsh words. Yeah, no, she, well, she's terrible. She deserves it. So I was trying to think of a little kid with you know some personality who was around the same age. I ended up going with uh, Lindsay Lohan when she was in Parent Trap age. Oh, right. Uh, Why not? Yeah. Good one. It's a good one. Yeah, the uh, young, a young Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, I think I would believe that she was scared of the boogeyman or want to watch a movie with Tommy or be a person in the world. Yeah, yeah that's cool. cool. That's cool. So, Grant, you teased a, a, a great yes. cast of... Hold on, before you do it, because <gasps> mine's not so good. So, like, I want to go first. Yours will be better than mine's. I really... I struggled with this. this. Is I hard knew that's the, that's the guy I wanted to recast. I went through a we ton the same of names. Guy. We, we got the same guy. Yeah. I promise we will not. Uh, I went through a ton of names in my head, and I almost... I almost wanted to put Richard Dawson in there just so I'd be the second BPC cast member to put a Family Feud game show host yeah. into, a, into a movie. I didn't because it didn't make any sense when I really thought about it. But so I went with, and I went through a ton of names in my head and like just trying to find the right, because I didn't want, you can't put a movie star in my mind into that spot. Like it's I too small of a role. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a low budget movie, small role. What, who would work with it? So I went with a, um, a, an older Timothy Hutton. So Timothy okay. Hutton, probably most known by current audiences, is he plays the father in Haunting a Hill House. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, Oscar Award winner from Ordinary People. He's yeah. also in George Romero's uh, Dark Dark Half. So I, he kind of has those horror movie ties. Yeah. Um, Rob Zombie did it better by putting Brad Dorf in that role. That's, so I, I couldn't yeah. do better than uh, than Rob Zombie that, but I wanted to keep the ties in. So I thought Timothy Hutton would do a nice job of playing the kind of slightly creepy but still oh, confident cop. in his yeah. own way cop. So okay. you know, a, 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 I think like a nice that. appetizer to what to your to your screen. Well, my my time machine recast doesn't require that much of a time machine at all. Okay. Uh, this character, this actor, was around at this at this time around the same age as Sheriff Brackett, Brian Dennehy. Uh, oh cool. wow! And yes. So like late seventies, yeah. early eighties, like like yeah, first blood. Yeah. He was Rambo. Yeah, uh, routine and that blood. works. And That's I, good. I feel yeah, like I feel like, and he's he's a great actor, and I feel like you would add a little bit more to that role. You know, for a, a small role as it is, I think it's a good something he could sink his teeth into. Mine 
is uh, it's a it's a character that you guys, uh, an actor you guys really liked, a character you guys really liked. I like him too, but uh, it's just what I had in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I recast Doctor Loomis with Malcolm McDowell. I did not. No. Oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna get to that. That's <laughs> just brutal. Uh, just brutal. I uh, recast him, and mine doesn't require too much of a time machine either. Uh, Donald Sutherland, I thought would be a really great <sighs> Doctor Loomis. That's a good one. I can't argue with that. Yeah. You know, I, can't I thought it would have been. I can't. I can't see anyone else playing him, but that's a great call. Yeah, I, I think <clears> he 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 would have added a, a, a maturity and a, a and a really intense vibe to it. I don't know where he was in his career, but it, it's kind of plausible, maybe. Yeah. Was def- that was def- that would sink up. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a time machine there. He's a little young. He was forty. He was forty three at the time. So but again, we have time machine rules, so you can... Right. Yes, but even if you... not far off. You can use Alan Sutherland older. Then right. Yeah. But, but even if you don't... Like, 43 is... I mean... You could have started with an intern. 43-year-old Donald Sutherland. Yeah, that, the guy after you played it probably was... He could have... He could have... If he... It was only 15 years he was his doctor. Right. He could have easily been his doctor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I just thought it would be a cool one, and I love Donald Sutherland, so... Did anyone create a role for Robert Shaw? Yeah. I mean, he could be Dr. Loomis, too, I guess, but he'd be yelling at everybody the whole time. <laughs> yeah, 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 you let him loose! Yeah. You know, I... <laughs> I trained him on you. He's got black eyes, like a doll's eyes. Yeah. It was <laughs> too hot. It was too hot. I might be a little on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, so this leads us to um, the easiest job we've ever had to do with this category. Is it though? Could Rob Zombie <laughs> remake this movie? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, he, yeah. he could have. He did. He did. With the help of Harvey Weinstein, he did. <laughs> oh, God. Well, the, yeah. real, the real horror. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah he's a real monster. Um, so we're going to use this because obviously this is kind of one of the reasons where this category was born from was this. But we, we do – we are going to talk a little about the sequels now and we're going to do the Rob Zombie debate here because – I know maybe some of us feel a little differently about the remake than others. In in reading just a little bit about, I did a a little bit of look into the behind the scenes of the the two thousand seven version, and there were major issues between Rob Zombie and the Weinstein's. Because I mean, could you imagine like the the two just completely opposite entities? One is like uh, is a, a director who literally just makes movies without any restrictions at all, and just is just running amok. And the others are control freaks who want to tell you to do everything and put them together. And uh, I think it just did not go very well. And to the point where in the sequel, where they're doing it, they would sit him down. They'd sit Rob down and be like, okay, I want you to watch this from the first one. And I want you to watch this scene and this scene. And you need to do this like this and this like this. And he was like, motherfucker, I directed the movie. You're showing me my own work. <laughs> like, what? Like, like, uh, are you kidding me? Like, what? So it just, it just didn't work. And yeah. Grant, you rewatched. The Rob Zombie one for I, this. Did you I watch the director's cut? I watched the director's cut. It's the uh, the one that's like two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I watched I watched this one, you know, when it first came on to cable or whatever, and I didn't like it. And uh, I watched it again with an open mind, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really did try. It's just, when you start the movie off with a quote from the fictional character in the movie... Like, there's a quote by Loomis that's like, it's a uh, black screen yeah. and there's a quote by Loomis. I'm like, oh, that seems kind of fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everything that makes Halloween great, we, we kind of talked about this before, where I love it that there's no connection with him and Lori other than her being at the wrong place at the wrong time. 
I love it that he was a kid that grew up in a normal, a seemingly normal childhood. He was just born evil. I feel like that just makes things so much scarier and kind of random. You know, like nobody's nobody's safe. So I just want to respond to the to to this just for a second. Is if we can put aside the idea that there is no connection because he's working off. He's responding to the work that was put together before him. So, like, they made the decision to make Halloween 2 to connect them. He didn't make that decision. If right. he took it upon himself to do that, I could see the problem more. But he's now working with the, the body of work of the Halloween series that their brother and sister. And we'll talk about whether what works better. I really enjoyed the prequel nature and the, the, the backstory and the buildup of him as a child. I thought the, the kid actor in it was awesome. Very yeah. Um, I, 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 I really, there was a human nature to th- that went into that, that deteriorated later on. It, it, it did a little more to talk about how he got the way he was, not in the spirit of the original. I would ag- agree with yeah. that. And as a, a purist for the original, I could see how you wouldn't like that. Now, his vision initially was for it to be two movies. Right. He wanted the first movie to be him as a kid into him being prisoned to him breaking out. And the second movie is the remake of the first one. Right. Right. Uh, the Weinsteins didn't want to hear about it. They made him put it two and one. That's why there's a longer director's cut because they wanted to short it down even right. more from what, right. what, what he had. I can appreciate both movies separately. Personally. I, I just love I'm – I'm an origin story sucker. I lo- I'm a Batman Begins over – uh, Dark Knight guy. I'm a Terminator over Terminator 2 guy. We talked about this a little bit. I'm an alien over aliens guy. I like, how did we get here? Let's talk about how we got there. And I thought he did a really nice job of accompanying that spirit. And the original Halloween doesn't go into any, really any of that, really. I mean, At all they kind of invent that after right. the fact. Yeah, well, that's right. exactly. Well, that's the problem. But I, I, I like the Rob Zombie one, especially the director's cut. I think it's good. I think it's different. But I think it's definitely, and I, I give I give Rob Zombie credit for trying something new. I just it just doesn't it just doesn't work for me, and I, I, it, it's it's more, and my dislike for the movie is more than just tying in the the family tree and and you know I I just don't I just don't think Rob Zombie does characters very well at all. Mm-hmm. I I feel like a lot of his characters are one note and they're almost all like just fucking terrible people. And I, yeah. I don't like, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I just don't, it's, that's, it's, that's what he does and that's, and that's fine. It's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, I do, as you, you can tell by my, the podcast tonight, like I, I prefer things that are explained a little bit more. Like that's why I'm more of a Nightmare on Elm Street guy. They, I mean, right. they explain that ad nauseum, what, 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 it, it, where he comes from, what motivates him, you know? Right. I need that. And in Halloween, the original Halloween, they, they really... Don't, I mean, other than his sister banging her boyfriend, and there's no real reason. And I get that's why it's it's scary, but I, it for me, I need a little bit more. And I like how Rob Zombie goes back and kind of explains things a little bit more. Uh, now, this week in watching, also watching the Eli Roth show that you referenced earlier, Chris, I heard Quentin Tarantino talking about Halloween mm-hmm. and passionately talking about Halloween, saying... The, the fact that their brother and sister throw that out the window. Right. It was never intended in the original movie. In the movie, they are not related. It had a separate. They came up with that after the fact. Yep. When they made the movie, John they Carpenter. did not know each other. They were not connected. Yeah. That's how you need to watch. Like, and it's funny to, like, for him to get past because he literally makes movies that he wants you to watch in different ways. Right. But like that's how he watches Halloween. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that's cool. And I think you can watch it both ways. 
I mean, that's why the 2018 one knocks out all the other. Yeah, they they kind of they take it off because yeah. it, in the 2018 one, Lori again was the babysitter. They're not brother or sister, right? It's and that's the way it was supposed they, to be. They went the opposite way. They, basically, they yeah, the whole basically, thing. basically, they went like the Rocky Balboa way, where they kind of was like, well, let's pre- let's pretend like Rocky Five never really right. happened, right. Yeah, yeah. and let's just go. Two's bad. Two two is two two is bad. John Carpenter wanted. Nothing to do with it, really. No, because he wanted it where it was just he things wanted, happening he, he on Halloween night. Apologies, that's, right. that explains number number three, right? And that's why three with the creepy. So I have a couple questions because I've never seen any of the sequels other than I saw the uh, the ones with LL Cool J and, and Busta oh, Rhymes and stuff. Well, I've well, seen Busta, those, yeah, yeah. I watched that last week. The, I still um, watch it. It's awful, but it's really entertaining in its awfulness. Yeah. It's bad though. Yeah. The season of the witch. What is the story with that? There's like, so, a, is there because some yeah. of the characters come back? No, 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 not really. It's a, it's, it's, it's a separate it's thing. Completely. So basically, Michael what Myers John, isn't in it at all. What? Yes. Yeah. What John Carpenter wanted to do was make an anthology series. Mm-hmm. Every year there'd be a different Halloween movie that has nothing to do with anything else. It was a thing that happened on Halloween. So this one was about like um, a deranged guy that hated kids. He had like this made this mess company. That was, that was going, yeah, something. Silver, Silver, Silver Shamrock. Shamrock. And is John Carpenter involved with this one? I think he... For the third one, think, he comes... He I think yeah. he wrote it, and he didn't yeah, direct okay. it. No, he didn't direct it, he didn't do he the music. He wrote or produced it. It was, a, it was basically like a thing to just like kill off all these kids, because he hates kids on Halloween. Uh-huh. And so I had nothing to do with it, and of course it tanked in the box office. Yeah. People hated it, because like, where's Michael Myers? Michael Myers isn't even in the movie. No, no not, not at, all. at all. Not at all. And because I was like, he made Halloween too, and it's like, okay, well, he dies in a hospital explosion he's, we see him on the ground right. on fire he's dead let's close this book and then the studios get involved and yep. Michael Myers comes back and they make three but four more movies four is good but Laurie's, yeah. Laurie's dead now he's going after Laurie's daughter spoiler <laughs> yeah it's I mean listen it's, but then like Laurie isn't dead right and she faked her death it's, it's, it gets Paul Rudd's in one of them <laughs> like it's really <laughs> Paul, no, Paul Rudd plays Tommy Doyle. Really? Yeah. That's so, why Halloween 2018 had to take all these out of commission as movies. It's, it's yeah. Halloween 78, Halloween 2018. That's, that's the timeline they're yeah, working with and, now. Yeah, it does. And, and 2018 does a, a better job than the other movies of capturing the spirit of the first yep. Halloween. Oh, it's in the yeah. spirit. It, it, they, they figured it out it's, a flaw, it. it's a flawed movie, but I feel like it's in terms of Halloween sequels, it's the it's best good. one. It's a very good sequel. Now, I also haven't seen the sequel to the Rob Zombie movie. Is that a remake of Halloween 2? No. That's just his own vision? It's kind of its own thing. The first, the beginning of Halloween 2 is kind of because it takes place in a hospital. Right. But other than that, it just it gets its, its own thing. And which, he wrote it? He wrote it, yeah. Yeah. So. And it's really, it's weird. It's like yeah, that one has terrible reviews. It's like the, that one's not good. The I, I will defend the first Rob Zombie one yeah. because I think second it's a good movie. Yeah. It's not. It's not great. No. no one needs to see the second one. Halloween's a really good movie. I just think you know, in the Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. I think Halloween deserves its due as this is the this anthology. is this is the best movie out of all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I, in my opinion, I, you take all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. You know the the three big slashes of the eighties and whatever. This is. I would um I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. I'm a Nightmare on Elm Street guy, yeah. so I have okay. Freddy. Freddy's number it, one. It's close for me. It's close for me. I I think that there are elements of the Nightmare on Elm Street for the first movie. Yeah. I think the second one is a disaster. 
I, oh, the second one's notoriously yeah, a disaster. Yeah. But yeah. Dream Warriors yeah, comes I in. Agree. Yeah. I, you know, well, I agree. We're throwing the sequels yeah. out because yeah. we, we just went and said the sequels yeah, are yeah. a disaster too. I, there are certain elements and practical effects to uh, to the Freddy movie that's yeah. just, they're really good. I, I'm going to be with you on that, Bill Graham. I'm going to second that as, out, of, out okay. of those three. Yeah. That's my one, and for me, Friday the 13th is clearly number three. That I movie mean, doesn't, yeah, doesn't connect with me. For me, I, you know, I, 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 I agree. I don't want to bash it. I know people love it. It just yeah. doesn't personally connect with me. No. Curious, do you have a number? Of, do you think there's a fourth head in the on the? I guess it'd be leather. Would it be Leatherface? I Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. probably four. Yeah, but okay, but as a as a franchise. I, I, I mean, would say maybe Ghostface. I mean, they have really bad maybe, sequels too. Maybe like, Ghostface is on number four. Scream, different. I just think it's a different era. It's a different maybe, goal. But, okay. I mean, Evil Dead would be another one you'd bring yeah, up. Yeah, but that's, but that's not a, that's a, that's that's iconic. Movie. That's my yeah. note. An, an average Joe off the street that doesn't watch. I think Texas Chainsaw. Right. The best I can answer that is Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, it's hard. The, fourth, the, the fourth one is the top. Those are the big three for me. Those are the big three. Yeah. yeah. But who's the fourth head on Mark Rushmore? Teddy Roosevelt, right? You know. I think Teddy in Texas, yeah, you know, Teddy forget. Texas Chainsaw, we can mix them together. I Teddy, think Teddy Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> I think whatever, wherever you put the big three, Chucky. The, those are the big three. Right. It doesn't matter where you put those them. Those are the three slasher anthologies. They're the biggest ones. They're the, they're the, most, they're the most important ones. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I agree. All right, guys. Well, thanks yeah. for voting again. The yeah. awesome tournament. We survived. Yeah. The scary, scary uh, pod. We and did. and we when did. we come back with our next pool, it's going to be us teaming up to get Grant out of the victory seat. Nope. Yeah. I'm going to find a, gonna find another Dean Cundy classic. That's the winning formula. That's the winning formula. We'll find a way to have Flubber win the tournament. <laughs> Jack and Jill. I'm going to win with Jack and Jill on a spike. Uh, anyway, please follow us on social media, at Best Picture Cast. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're always ready to interact. Email us, bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. If you send us something, we'll read it if uh, it's worth reading. Honestly, we appreciate everyone who listens. If you've gotten to this point with us, we thank you for following us. We hope to have many more of these. Uh, more social media tournaments is, is so much fun. Uh, closing thoughts, anyone want to throw anything out there? Watch horror movies year-round. They're all excellent. Especially in October, man. It's always fun. Yeah, it's great. Kieran, thanks for having me, and please don't stab me after this is over. <laughs> <laughs> Make good choices. That's it. Make good choices. Make good choices. Leave the house. Be, be, be trouble be alert. Don't have sex, guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for BPC. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.